We are the spectral host, and we cannot die. Thou cannot injure us, foolish child. Thy sword is no more threat to us than a spider's strand. Think not that we are weak for all our lack of flesh. That would cost thy life, a life that is but a heartbeat in comparison to the eternity of pain awaiting thee. Soon enough thou shalt find our grip cruel strong and our blades vicious sharp. Thou cannot torture us, not any more. We are torture eternal. Great Nagash has made it so. The very instruments of our persecution are part of us. We are bent under their weight. Thou cannot hold us back forever, not even with all thine art. Death will find its way, as thou knowest in thy soul, when the truth finds thee in the long hours of the night. We shall pass through the walls of the stoutest fortress to visit our hate upon thee. Oh, there was no escape for us at the end, nor will there be for thee or thy kin. Great Nagash has marked thee for his own. No restful afterlife awaits thee, no paradise. Instead, thou shalt be consumed by a dark Shaishian void and remade as befits thy sin. What threat dost thou think to pose to us, living fool? Even thine exorcisms can banish us only for a time. Thy cursed thief gods cast us back only for us to return over and over. The realms themselves, awoken, seek not to devour us. Bodiless, we give them no sustenance. The haunters of the night have long memories, child, and nothing left to cherish but hate itself. We have endured the most horrific of fates and been shaped by them, ravaged by them. We have become death. And so we burn forever with the cold vitriol of hatred for people such as thee. We will bring thy final day and visit the chill of the grave upon thee, so thou too may feel true judgment. Look upon our ravaged souls and despair. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We're going to do our best to keep informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way, bringing you grief and sorrow and death on this fine Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Dave Whitek, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Walker. Chris, how you doing, brother? Uh, Good morning. I'm doing well. So if we sound a little quieter than usual, folks, it is it is 8 a.m. on a Sunday, and we are in our respective little hidey holes doing a show while the rest of our family gets much-deserved weekend rest on this Memorial Day weekend. So The, length, the lengths we go to perform this show. <laughs> there's, there's no depth we will not plumb to bring you the riches of the mortal realms. <laughs> No, no peak too high to bring you death, destruction, and mayhem. Here uh, we are. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. In Aladdin's cave of riches, we are about to unfold and so, unleash so does that make Radio me, Land. So if, if, you're, if you're Aladdin, does that make me Abu or the genie? <laughs> uh, I'd prefer to be the genie. I'm probably more like the magic carpet. Just... No, Magic, Carpet. Magic Carpet is far too silent. I must be Genie. He who, never shuts who, up. Who's the, who's the guy who is the, the bad guy? Jafar? I'm Jafar? Jafar? <laughs> wow. No. Wow. Okay, I'll no, take that, I, though. 
Uh, hello, Prince Abubu. It's Ababwa. Oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I love Aladdin. I really do. It is Not a great that that movie. that has anything to do with anything. No. Okay. Um, so before we get started, obviously we should thank the sponsors of the show. That includes Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. We're going to whisper Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios for all your basing and MDF and 3D printing needs. And, of course, Grognard Games because there's always something happening at... Grognards. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, and of course, the Patreon patrons. As always, we want to thank our Patreon patrons, those people who actually uh, feel like this show is, is worth monetary recompense. And that includes our associate producers, Christopher Sanders and Jake C., our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne, who, as I pointed out, uh, as we talked in the last episode, he has his. Um, he's got the. Uh, the Blood Bowl for charity going on. Please check mm. out our Facebook page for that, and you get yeah. more, more, more information on that because that's going to be a, a wonderful, wonderful event being put on by one of the many patrons who are also trying to give to the community uh, through their hobby. So, mm-hmm. um, also, Chris, I know it's early, and I don't want to surprise you with anything. Yeah. Did you know we have voicemail? Oh, we do have voicemail. We don't have any right now, but we oh. have a voicemail line where people could call and leave a voicemail, even at this ungodly hour. Um, you could call uh, and leave a voicemail, and maybe have to be on the show. And all you got to do is call one seven five seven G H show six. That's right. That's one seven five seven G H show six. Most international callers dial zero zero, and then one seven five seven G H. Show six. You could leave a message. You could talk about anything. Uh, bring up stuff that came up on the show. Bring up stuff about your hobby. Uh, anything you uh, want. And uh, as long as it is not inappropriate, uh, we'll put it up on the show. So uh, do do it. Call yeah. yes. Do it. And like I said, I mean, if, if you if you were putting together an event, sort of like Scott Milne did with his event, and you wanted to call and just kind of plug your event, you could do that too. I mean, if you got an AOS event. Or a Blood Bowl event, or a 40K event going on, man, go for it. You know, let us know. We we want to we want to let the community know what's going on, and people listen from several different areas on the planet. So you never know, you may be reaching someone right in your own backyard. Yeah. All right. Uh, so why don't we do our usual quick break right here? And um, mm-hmm. after we take our quick break right here, we're going to come back and we are going to talk. All the Night Haunt lore. Now, I know the last episode was a little bit long, and then we had the 30-minute commercial, which, uh, you know, some people get a little annoyed. And it's like, you know, you can just read the show notes and skip ahead if you don't live around here and you're not interested in my local gaming store, which I don't know why you wouldn't be. I love listening to all the things that happen at other people's hobby places because that's where the community is. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, some people get testy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we are going to be back, and it is going to be all night haunt all the time. Ghosts, goblins, and stuff like that. So we will be right back.
That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. We're back. Hello. Hey. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. The Night Hunt book. Now, this is weird. <laughs> okay. The cover is the same, isn't it? Basically, uh, is the old book. Yeah. Like, they usually do some small changes to some of the books, but this one is like, especially like when you get the, the, the Stormcast book, they always got a different cover. Mm-hmm. But this came out with the exact same. In fact, I got confused because I was like, wait a minute. I mean, it's got the red spine and top. Right. But usually you get a new picture. Of course, these the chain rasps in the picture look pretty darn cool anyway. Yeah. But I was just surprised that we wound up with the same cover. So overall, in general, just before we dive into it, uh, first mm-hmm. impressions? I really like it. It's certainly an upgrade to the last book. I yes. Like, yeah. The, the lore is, is, pretty, is, is very cool. Um, there's some nice box outs. The book itself is glorious, you know. Yes. Uh, and they didn't really skimp on anything. The The map of Shayish is super cool. They've updated it pretty much through. Um, I mean, they, they've, even, they've even got some, th- they got Thondia stuff in here. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, that's one of the things that I really like about in the lore. And this has been, mm-hmm. I was talking with you about it earlier, saying how, this um the, the since you know every time they update the story the books that come out after that integrate all of that into it and it's but yeah. it's not just addendums it's w- woven all the way through mm-hmm. you know when you find out this was a plan like when you found out about you know the necroquake yeah you know now when you start reading books it moves all it doesn't start mentioning the Necroquake when the battles started happening. It starts mentioning all the stuff before it, that this was going on and this was happening and these plans were in motion. Mm-hmm. And it just weaves this whole other level that really makes the lore more fun because it's not the same thing. It's, oh, look at this new take. Look at this new ideas. Yeah, uh, There's a couple of them I want to bring up when we're reading this that came mm-hmm. up in other things. Um, and I know we're not doing the rules today, but... The rules on this, they have rewritten basically everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a completely different army now. Uh, you cannot play it the way you played your old army. I mean, you can do you can take similar things and do similar stuff, but... Yeah, like, like the, the themes are all there. It's just the execution of that is different. Yeah. I mean, even the... Because uh, I don't think you can take Rikenor's, uh the what was mm-hmm. I taking that the stuff from the other book anymore? Yeah, uh, Rikenor's condemned. Got, yeah, yeah. You should have four choices now, but we'll get to the the processions. Yeah, um, but the, like the way I played this army and the things I did, you can't mm-hmm. do it anymore. They've changed just about everything. 
I mean, the basics are the same. But um, right. like all of the all of the artifacts I used to take have different mm-hmm. rules now. All of the yep. the things I used to do they don't work that way anymore. They right. have really streamlined a lot of this and made it really interesting. Um, well, there was a bunch of one plus stuff that was in the old book that now doesn't do what it did, and so there's and then it brought other stuff up to kind of the same level. So now there's definitely more choices. There's yeah, there viable are viable choices. Yeah, they've made enough, and, and they've only added a couple of models. You know, honestly, since since this came out at the start of second edition, yeah, they've only added a few models to this yeah, line. We, we, yeah, we've got all rock. Yep. The Drowner, we've got the uh, cruel get the cruel gas cruciator and uh-huh. the scripture mortis. Yeah, those are pretty much the new guys. I think that's everything. That I, is, is Lady Olinda in the original book? Yes, I don't, yes, she is in there. Okay. Yeah, she was one of the first. Yeah, she was in the first. Okay. Thing, um, but I just I'm loving going through this now. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to write lists for all four of the different. <laughs> types of things you could take because it's like yeah. I know kind of what I like and I'm looking mm-hmm. at this going okay this is interesting too I kind of yeah. like this um, I went all in when I did my night hunt armor I went all in on the uh, the glaive wraith stalkers oh and god then, and then they were so bad I was like Ugh. you know and now the, they're a lot better now they are better now I just I, I'm, I was never a fan of the models and mm-hmm. like for the for the for the cost and what they do on the table I just I still feel like there's other stuff there's other stuff, but we'll get to that when, uh, yeah, when we get to uh, when we get to the to the to the rules, the war, the war. Yeah, when we get to when we go to war. But first, so, the lore. So. <laughs> All right, so um, you know, it always starts off with your nice your 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 two page sort of summary yeah. of of it, and then your beautiful big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, hideous geists cursed by Nagash to an eternity of suffering. Um, interesting. Only a blow delivered with courage and conviction can banish them. Those who give in to the animalistic terror of the night haunt ins- that, that in the night haunt inspire are already as good as dead. So that explains their, you know, their their the ethereal. You know, it's yeah. like regular weapons don't hurt them, go right through them. You have to have courage and faith. Um, right. Which goes back to all sorts of old sorts of ideas, you know, that, you know, of uh, uh, faith in some sort of, you know, power, some sort of higher power to, to banish off ghosts and demons and spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting, and this this was from this before, we've talked about this before, um, is that Nagash is just so petty and so yeah. weird. He's the worst. Yeah, he is. He is. In fact, you read this, and I really start to think of him like 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 we would think of the devil. Mm-hmm. It's like the unique tortures based on yeah. your past lives. You know, it's like yeah, he, he's he's like into it. Yeah, and he's not so. It's not something he just kind of like. This is how it works. He's like he's like super into it. He like on purpose. Right. Like goes after even just one guy. He'll go after one guy, just yeah. to be cruel to that guy it's like dude <laughs> and it's and it's bizarre because he's doing this to all the lands you learn a little bit more about the shyish nadir and the things that it does here and it doesn't just suck everything into that oblivion it sort of pounds them into raw materials for him to rework and use and it's like there is no more peaceful afterlife like if, mm-hmm. if you could you could wake up well we'll talk about that when it talks about how the how shyish works but eventually your peaceful afterlife is gone because of 
Nagash. He's just not going to allow it. Right. Um, now this- I was I was I was I was I like this the beginning of this book because it well so it's like uh, I liked the part where it kind of explains how the underworlds used to work. Yes. Yeah. I really I really liked that. I I was trying to I was struggling to remember where they explained that in the original lore. I don't. I don't Recall. remember which books it are, which books it are, which books it were, were because that was literally like seven years ago, right? That this stuff came out. In fact, there was some other stuff I wanted to bring up because I remember reading somewhere about one of the reasons why Nagash is such a jerk, mm-hmm. and you know these things, and it all sort of ties back to some of what we've got here in mm-hmm. this early stuff now. The Night Haunted says, are manifestations of past crimes and hatred. Their shape and function dictated by the great necromancer's twisted sense of justice. If you spent your years, uh, the last years of your life, in a dungeon locked up in chains waiting for death to release you, you wind up waking up dead in even more chains. Yeah. You know, if you were, if you were, if you were hung for your crimes, you'd wake up with that noose still around your neck. Mm-hmm. Um this is Nagash's way of reminding those souls he claims that his justice is inescapable. And this now, if you're if you're following along, I know I'm only on page four, but it's that last paragraph on page four. The cruelest of all punishments are reserved for those who Nagash believes blasphemed against him personally in their former lives. And it talks about their defiant kings, valorous slayers, all those who did not pay correct uh, correct obeisance to the great necromancer. Yeah, they're given a fitting curse with morbid ingenuity. Uh, worse still are those who uh, stole his rightful tithe. Those are saved for the worst fates. And it's not just the thing is, when you say that, though, they, they you know, they they stole from him. It's not just Sigmar taking the souls. It's not just the elves reconstituting souls or or the you know the deep kin stealing souls to get their lives going he's talking about if you were a nurse and you saved lives and prolonged lives and kept them from going to him he doesn't like you right or you're yeah you're uh yeah or you're like uh even if you like saved someone on the battlefield who was supposed to die in his eyes like through like feats of bravery he'll go after you (laughs) It's like, jeez, man. Yeah, it's crazy how, because yeah. uh, Nagash, I'm I'm really starting to become convinced that he is insane. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, not, been, I mean, yeah. criminally insane. You could be a genius and be insane. I mean, the guy's, br- mm-hmm. I mean, he's brilliant and he does, mm-hmm. and he's got all these powers and he knows so much. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, pulling on your hair and rubbing peanut butter on yourself, crazy. I'm talking like, you know, like the Riddler from the latest, the Batman crazy, you know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like just nuts. Um, And it talks about, and this is, this is something that I marked here that I really loved. Only two things truly unite the anguished dead, their jealousy of the living and the desire to tear them apart. So they might join the night hunt in their eternal punishment. After all, misery loves company and the geist of shyish are the most anguished of all. That's just crazy. It's terrible. You know, I was reading through this, and I kind of read it all in one go. Yeah, I did. I sat and, down and read it one day. <laughs> and I was kind of getting depressed reading this. I'm like, jeez. Is, is there, like, no, like, redemption for any of these things? And the answer is no. No, there isn't. <laughs> no, and there's this, nothing. And this is where it gets crazy. In fact, now, I read this somewhere, and I forget which book I read it in, because at this point it becomes a blur. Mm-hmm. 
they talk about how a lot of times, you know, you're f- sort of frozen in that form you were when you died. You mm-hmm. look like you look when you die, whatever that thing is. And they yeah. talk about how you keep some of those. You're sort of locked into whatever it was you were when yeah. you died. Mm-hmm. And that I was reading something, and that's part of an explanation of why Nagash is how he is. Mm-hmm. Because when he was Nagash, the second the priest, born... The- or the, priest or whatever, the, the yeah. priest uh, uh, of you know of uh, of the of the sands, Camry um, and Camry and Nagat. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, when he was all this, he died at, or when he died, he was bitter, angry, vengeful, and yeah. so when he went into there, um, he, that he took all that with him. That was part of his makeup. And as he has grown in power, as he has come back and become, a, it is just amplified mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. So even though he feels like he is not bound by anything, he's a god, he's immortal, all of this, he is still, um, he is still bound by the same rules of everybody else who died. He did die. Right. Yeah, you know, he was killed. He was uh I can't remember the guy who killed him. But you know, that death was 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 postponed, but he still went to the afterlife. Yeah. He went into the afterlife more powerful than most and, and stronger, but he is still bound by the silly, petty uh nonsense that it, that holds all these other people to their thing, except he's the worst. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just the worst. He's yeah. He, uh, he was the worst when he was alive. He was alive, and mm-hmm. then he goes into the afterlife. Guess what? Still the worst because that's mm-hmm. you. You are who you are in the afterlife when you die. Then you amplify all of that with everything he's got and all the power he's got, and it's no wonder he's a monster. He's the devil. He really. If you if you look at that sort of um, that sort of Dante's Inferno torturing everybody because this yeah. is what they deserve. Right, the different the seven circles or whatever. Yes, the seven levels of hell. Mm-hmm. This is what he's doing. You can't yeah. just live there and have a peaceful life. You have to be crushed, remade in a way he wants and sent out to serve his purposes. Yeah, I guess I take it back a little bit about the no retribution. There's there, there it kind of hints in here a couple of spots that there are a few underworlds here and there. Oh yes, that are able to fight against us and that are still viable in their own way. But it's Which, it's it's interesting that and well let's I think is this what we okay yeah okay so this is nature of the damned we've got this here. So when mm-hmm. you die you're you go to Shaiish and it will manifest as a spirit in the very same afterlife believed in by its living incarnation. So basically whatever religion or faith you follow that believes in an afterlife that's where you go. Everybody's yeah. right because yeah, you get your whatever. Valhalla, Valhalla, your Val, you know, Valhalla, yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, that because kind of that's the group. If that's what you believe, that's made manifest in this place, right? And as those civilizations, you know, erode, crumble, fade, so do their underworlds. And then when that civilization finally dies out, so does its underworld. And then the spirits who dwelt there finally fade off. Go to a, yeah, just go to oblivion. They're gone forever, which is which is 
fine. Cool. It's, it's an interesting way to do it, and it, it, it's, they talk about how it's like not only do the people who, who, who practice that religion have to die, but they have to sort of be forgotten on this, in this plane. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wonder if Valhalla still exists because we still all talk about it. And there's still people who, you know, yeah. I don't know if there's people who practice that religion. Um, maybe they do, but it's it's interesting that it would yeah. still exist. Uh, the problem is Nagash has gone through there and has um, every one of their the gods that they believe in has he's gone through and destroyed them and taken that over. Yeah. Um, but and what what a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's just he's so. He just wants all the souls for himself, all the spirits for himself, so he's not willing to share. Yeah, when, so, yeah here yeah. it is. When every trace of that soul's existence in the other realms is gone and the echo of its culture's mortal conceits has faded away, the underworld will dwindle. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 obviously the Nec- Nagash t- overturns all of that, not just with the Necroquake, but with all the things he does. Um and this is what's interesting. When he remakes them, because he does remake them, and that's part of the, the Shyish nadir. Um, and that's why I didn't realize what that did, was it's almost like a black hole. It, everything that gets sucked in there gets crushed, literally crushed right. a, into, into ma- I guess, raw material. Yeah, into like Shayish magic, which then focuses it into his little layer, mm-hmm. and he absorbs it all. Yeah, but not only that, because when the when the spirits get down there, he will they'll, they'll get mushed, and then he kind of he'll pull them out and reconstitute them into whatever form he needs them to be. And it talks yeah. about here when they're remade under him, all positive aspects are stripped away. Mm-hmm. Kindness, compassion, mercy, morality oh, yeah. are yep. all taken away, and they're just left with their most negative traits. Rumors of their deadliness are deliberately seeded and propagated by the servants of Nagash, some of whom still number among the living. Because remember, if you're, it, it's, it, you have to have, you have to be brave, and you have to be confident that you can defeat them. If you, and this. Th- because remember back when we would play sixth and seventh edition, the rules like you needed some sort of magical weapons or extreme faith, like right. almost religious faith, to hurt ethereal things. Yeah, and that's kind of what it comes back to here: is you have to have that faith, and if you if you're afraid, then your faith is wavering. Mm-hmm. And so if he literally he knows that fear keeps them immune to your weapons so he sends out stories and they in fact there's a story here where lady olinder one of the stories she goes through and 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 trashes the place and leaves a couple people alive right to go send them out to to let everybody else know yeah there's a there's a couple of stories about like they even do that to like they do that to like the gargans they do that to some other Stories that was crazy well. where they killed a bunch <laughs> yeah. of gargants and let a gargant live to go tell the other ones, hey, yeah. they these things wiped out yeah. some of the big boys. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, because if you are afraid of them, they've already won because you can't hurt them. Yeah, and they, and they really lean into that in the rules, too. So now all the rules in this are like, you're terrified if you're within range of the, you know, there's, and then you can't do certain things and... That's a. There's some pretty cool stuff in that. There's mm-hmm. some. Uh, I found that amazingly interesting. The whole, the um, well, the, the 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 terrified rule is, it's it's super powerful. I can't. I mean, it's like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Like, but everything, yeah, if you're within three inches of a unit, you cannot issue or receive the inspiring presence command. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all those times and you're like, okay, I'm not going to take a test for that. Yeah, nah. And the fact is, once the battle gets going, everybody's within three inches of, a, of an enemy, enemy unit almost I, I all know. the time. Right. So basically, your inspiring presence just goes away. Right. Yeah. I- it's a, it's it's very powerful, and then, then they even like. Well, we'll get to the rules later. Yeah, we but wanna... no, they but they bring up all sorts of stuff. In fact, uh, it used to be. Remember, if if you if you had an unmodified, I think was it ten or more to charge, you got to attack yeah. right away. That's mm-hmm. gone too. Mm-hmm. But now it's, now it's like just any charge, any charge, any charge will get a, a benefit. A but the, yeah. the the bigger the charge roll, the scarier it is because the. Yeah. Fa- I mean, just think about it. If something's walking towards you. It's scary. If it's kind of jogging towards you, it's scary. But if you turn around and it's racing at you, it's even scarier. So, like, yeah. the faster they move in, mm-hmm. the more terrifying it gets. This, there's, oh, I just, I love this army. I'm not stopping with my, with my uh, cruel boys. Right. But I have a lot of this painted, and I'm so excited to try out how this army works. I don't know, and spoiler alert, and of course, I don't know anything when it comes to the rules. <laughs> I don't know if this army is, I think it's better. Than before, it's definitely, it's definitely better. It's definitely better than before. Uh, I, I don't. I, this is one of the. I kind of like this because it. I don't think this made it. I mean, it's not gross. I don't think that you're going to see everybody suddenly taking night haunt and crushing mm-hmm. all the tables with night haunt. There's other things that are definitely got m- more juice to it. But if you like this army and you weren't playing it because it was really hard to win with it because it was very one dimensional. Yeah, that I feel has gone away, and it's yeah. really built into this lore. Yeah, there's there's definitely a play styles to this army that are un, that are different than what we've seen in the latest books. You know, like some of the other ones, like it's focused on like one massive you know unit or character or whatever. This is like the whole army. Like you go horde with this army, and you just play that way and that's always how night hunt has been it's but they really lean into it in this book like yeah. a lot it seems like a lot of the rules there it's like this rule isn't amazing but this rule is army wide mm-hmm. and that's what's great it's like it's not it's not it's not like you know oh i can i can i can always do mortals on sixes and i can boost that to fives for my whole army or yeah. I can always, it's like oh no i've got this for the but it's it is you know it's right. but it's let's like let's think about like the stormcast book like there's specific units in that book that are super powerful, like the dragons and the long strikes and those guys. Right. But they don't have like they don't benefit from an army wide rule. They benefit from their very own rules. So people when they play competitive with that list, they just spam those units and that's what makes it powerful. In this, it's like army wide special rules and each little unit has its own little flavor. And it's just depending on what flavor you want to go for. Yeah. Like like one unit is like gets a plus one plus one to wound. Another unit gets plus one to attack. Another unit gets plus one to hit. And it just depends on which one of those you think is better for your play style. Yeah, it's depending on how you want to. Uh, yeah, depending on how you want to how you want to run it. There's there's mm-hmm. almost there's a little something for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to take all cav. You want to take all horde. You want to take this that or the other. You can go with these different things and have a lot of fun. Mm. The only thing I would say is that the of the four processions, there's one procession that is far and away the best one. 
Uh, you know, I keep looking at that, and I don't remember on the rules, but I, I keep, I think the one that I told you I liked the best might not be the one that I actually liked the best, but I don't, I will look at that. Um, yeah, I'm not certain which one it was, uh, but In your t- the Emerald Host is by far the best one. Um, Man. yeah, that's got, that's got some cool rules, but I kind of like Grieving Legions. That's not bad. I mean, cause I mean, that one leans into... Um, the army trait a little exactly. bit. Exactly. It leans into that terror. And it also it also kind of goes into one of the grand strategies. Um, but Right, so you, right. But, yeah. there, but all of them, they've all got some pretty cool stuff. I don't want to take away from any of them because they all, they all have a use, I think. For sure. I think, but two yeah. two of them two of them are unit specific. So right, yeah. See, that's the problem when you get a whole. I'm going to pick this army for that unit because then you're just that's where you're playing that. If if you're you know, I'm just taking a ton of that unit. So mm-hmm. right. right. All right. So let's talk into when the uh, talk about the mortal realms. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, this is where we get to that whole what used to happen. Okay, ghosts would just stick around. Uh, in fact, ghosts mostly were only found in places that had a lot of death or trauma or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, you'd find them on old battlefields, this stuff, and when yeah. they would move, a, when they would move away from those areas, they would fade. Right. Like they couldn't go past that area. If they stuck around, they had to stay at the area with that. Kind of like place. how you'd think of it works, like in any sort of fiction you know they're around like graveyards they're around like haunted houses like that kind of thing you places know, where a lot of death happened where there's yeah. a lot of that death in the air um yeah now i love this part here this this kind of goes to this uh, idea of this sort of collective subconscious which goes to the whole i love that the collective subconscious creates your afterlife you know mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's such an interesting notion i i can't think of any other sort of like a you know fan based, like universes or what have you that has that as how the, the river the world Underworld's... series. Mm, I don't know that one. Uh, Philip Jose Farmer, I think, wrote that. Uh, okay, and I think that when you die, you wind up in this place by this long river, and everyone sort of winds up in the in the afterworld they sort of expected. That's the only hmm, one, and I read that when I was like okay. in high school a thousand years ago. So I could okay. be wrong about that one, but if I remember River World, it was similar mm-hmm. to this. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah. So, so you have to think, I always try to, th- and they kind of go through like what each race's sort of idea is. Which right. Is kind of cool. So um, they talk about the fear of death here. Mm-hmm. That dread of death. It's in every culture, half primal, half philosophical. That fear is a specific blend of energies. Now, that fear of death actually attracts the motes of death magic, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why. Uh, you know, um, and that goes back to all the stories. You know, this place is where we used to see ghosts, but then if you are really scared, you're the one they seem to come after, right? It's like the the, the more afraid you get. In fact, all sorts of ghost stories. W- who do ghosts tend to attack? If you read H.P. Lovecraft or if you read any of those types of 20s and 30s horror stories, uh, even, you know, stuff by Poe and that, um, it's the people who are mentally ill who have less faculties, mental faculties to ward off that type of fear, or people who are just very afraid. The more afraid you get, the easier it is for them to get you. And here it's like that fear actually attracts the motes of death magic on the etheric winds. 
One who gives no thought to such things instead has an aura that attracts the energies of life and vitality. In this can be seen the indomitability of youth and the naivete of those who never truly wounded in body or soul are under the false assumption they can't be hurt. That's that whole teenage thing. I, you know, teenagers yeah. think they're invincible. They'll do crazy, right. stupid things because they just don't think so, and that they can die. Yeah, it's just a brain chemistry thing. Exactly. This is some of the best written stuff they've done. They've really put in this explanation, brought in real psychology mm-hmm. and ideas into this for why and how this sort of works. Right, and that's sort of like is why. Like the Stormcast Eternals are the natural opposite of Nighthaunt because they they totally fill these criteria here. Like they actually know that they can't die. <laughs> They're going to get reforged. So they have absolutely no fear of the Nighthaunt. Right. Well, and they have a little bit like they have apprehension. And now that they know that they can sure. get caught and not go back, there's that. But yeah, but they, I would say, yeah, they, but, I mean, they know the cursed skies are kind of messing them up. But now they've got the Thunderstrike armor. Right. You know, so they're OK. But they don't dwell on death either. They don't. Right. Like I said, they these are guys who you never. They are that guy who has that that, you know, that com, that conviction mm-hmm. that what they're going to do is going to be done well and done right. It's it's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So it goes through about how, you know, you know, they can basically they go through walls, they go through anything. Normal things can't keep them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the fearsome revenant queen, Lady Olinder, who understands this truth most of all. It's the prime reason why Nagash elevated her to the status of a Mortark. She does everything she can to sow fear across the domains of human, dwarden, and elf. For in doing so, she prepares the land for her coming. This is great Stuff here. A harrowing tale spread far by word of mouth can do more to secure a victory than any amount of training or preparation. Indeed, conventional military tactics are seen as rather quaint by the Mortark of Grief. Her mm-hmm. way is that of psychological warfare, for if she can steal the courage from her foes, victory is all but assured. If you can't stand bravely against them, you can't hurt them. Yeah. And they hammer on this. It's a yeah. great idea in this. That's a big theme in this mm-hmm. book. And she's and she's got a rule that sort of goes with that too, which oh, is Oh sure. And she's uh you know it's it, it like I said the whole the whole book leans like you said it leans into this concept mm-hmm. really well and it mm-hmm. makes it so much fun. Um I know like I said when we cover war we always say how much does the does the rules fit the lore? And in this yep. book, man oh man <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're going to just go through unit by unit in this. And, um, oh, so I was laughing. here. You know, last episode, we got really good feedback. Thank you to all the listeners who gave us some feedback on the... Um, yeah, it's a much appreciated. On, on uh, what was it? Who did we cover last? Sondia. The Deepkin. Sondia. No, not before Thondia. Oh, that Deepkin. just came in three days ago. The Deepkin. Yeah. How we read some of the characters, you know, talked about the characters, and then talked about their the special things they could take. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool when it's broken down into different things. This is what your heroes can take. This is what your wizards can take. This is what your Achelians can take. Um, I don't know how well that's going to work in this particular book because as I looked at it, once again, it's everything. Everything is army wide. Mm-hmm. I literally started looking through the rules, going, "Okay, how can we break this down when <laughs> we cover it?" And I'm like, "Okay, wait a minute. Uh, all the commands and artifacts." Is all Night Haunt hero only. Like, literally, it, it's like, we found a cool way to do it, and this one has no divisions like that to this <laughs> book. So it's like, oh, what are we doing? Oh, no. 
So, we'll figure out something. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I kind of like when there's separated a little bit. I mean, this is nice, though, because literally, with the exception of the spells, which can only be taken by yeah. the wizards. Yeah, there's have, a couple items that are wizard only, but not too many. Yeah, exactly. So what else do we have in this section here? Um, uh, yeah, so, oh, in, the, the Necroquake, which not only uh, helped birth all of these... You know, it, it basically shoved all of these spirits, you know, woke them up again. Yeah. But the fact that this happened in this massive thing and most of the people didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting how they described how the necroquake worked, like how the the spirits were able to transport like instantly across the realms. And I was like, I read that one part where it's like, uh, it's like each spirit got like its own realm gate. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, uh. like, well, it's like, well, it's like there were realm gates around, but it's also, mm-hmm. they're somehow tethered to their mortal remains a bit. Yeah. So they got like ripped back to it mm-hmm. and came I was out. like, oh my gosh, no wonder they were like everywhere at once. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but it's also that fear watching, you know, suddenly when the, it wasn't the zombie, it was like the ghost apocalypse. Oh, and the zombie yeah. apocalypse started happening. You know, that would terrify people. And that fear running through all the mortal realms just gave the night haunt so much instant power, right. instant strength. It's so cool. Oh, I just got a message. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, for those of you who haven't listened to Thondia yet, last episode, because it came out like two days ago. Um, you know, I talked about the plasticine. Yeah, and mixing it with the stuff. I just got pictures and text messages from Ryan Nickel, who left us a message last episode. He's like, <laughs> "I'm the one who told you about that. I use it all the time." And he's sending me pictures of his giant block of it and the stuff yeah. he's making with it. Oh, oh, cool. He's like, "I did that. I use it still all the time. It's great." <laughs> so now I know who re- recommended to me all those years ago was Nickel. Uh, okay, so back to this. Um, even this subtle war does not go opposed. The forces of the God King have fought to drive back the Shyishian conquest with intense fury since the coming of the Necroquake, as have those of Teclis, whose great exorcism and Hish changed the course of history. That's true. They do mention that a bit, too, because that, that remember we talked about that, though. You know, he went in there and he brought hope yeah. to Shyish, and he's like, we just have to change their, he gets it. Mm-hmm. He knows he he he's got Nagash's playbook and he knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean Teclis gets it. Listen, if you're afraid, you can't fight back. And if you don't fight, first of all, you don't fight back there. But if you're afraid, it just gives him more power. You need to have hope. You need to have some some positivity running in your life in order mm-hmm. to 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 defeat him. And that's and that's that's a huge theme in here. Yeah. Um. Let's keep going with this. Um, oh, there you go. The realms of the ending. So uh, before the Age of Myth, Shyish was the sole province of the deceased. All was ordered and respectful. The curse of undeath had not come there yet, nor had chaos. That's very interesting Was there was no humans in there before the Age of Myth. It was solely the province oh, of the yeah. deceased. Yeah, it was just the it was just the yeah, it was just the spirits in their underworlds, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I forget where it says in here. Uh, yeah, during the Age of Myth, um, the underworlds of Shyish were given strength by the peoples that told them 
with tale and fable to then let the departed pass after their deaths. Empires that carved out conquests in the other mortal realms were given rise to entire Shaishian continents forged in their image. So basically, once we get into the age of myth and people start using the bits of realm gates, they get they they wind up in the land of the dead. Yeah, they end up going to Shaish and like founding like cities and where they sort of live alongside their the spirits of their ancestors. Yeah. It says here they, they found the most hospitable underworlds in order to find their ideal habitats before death rather than after it. Of course, this upset the the dead. Right. You know, um, in doing so, they earned the ire of those departed souls who had given the region form and literally died to dwell there. Like, we, you know, we made this place to die. You're not supposed to be here. I get, mm-hmm. I get that. I'm not certain why you would want to go live in the realm of the dead. Uh, I I guess maybe if you're like, I don't know, if you were in a, a culture obsessed with, you know, that sort of idea, like the mortuary cults of, you know, some weird civilization, you might be into that, you know? I mean, yeah, I, mean I suppose. I just, I personally, like, I, that's like, mm, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good not living there. Yeah. And we've seen what has happened to these people now. Now it sucks and you're mm-hmm. stuck there. Uh, in the age of myth, it was not uncommon to see people engaged in conversation with their long dead relatives, playing stately games of strategy with them, or even when the threat loom, uh, threat to their way of being loomed large, joining forces mm-hmm. with this. Um, yeah, so they're playing Warhammer with their deceased relatives. Exactly. How nice. That's pretty cool, though. Um, yeah. You know, then that's that whole thing. You get to some of this other stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, since the creation of the Shyish Nadir, the terminus concept that governs the realm of death has been shaken. So that's the whole idea that once once any memory of you and your and your your beliefs are gone from the mortal realms, your your afterworld fades. That is no longer there. Now you're slowly, actively being dragged toward the Nadir. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think for a long time I was. Not sure how this thing worked. The Shaiish Nadir, like, what the heck is exactly. this thing? Exactly. I didn't understand it either. In fact, for the longest time, I thought he built the inverted pyramid to focus all the death energy because he was just going to shoot literally all of it right into himself. Mm-hmm. Remember how they he, all became avatars yeah. of that? I thought that was the yeah. point when he would just take all the death magic unto himself. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is kind of doing that, but it's more than that. Yeah. Uh, what does it say here? It has changed the natural order. New underworlds still form at the edges. See, I, th- I thought this was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to read this part? If you're in the same part I'm at, so. Yeah, it's just, it's, it says, um, oh, where are we? The pit of oblivion, right? Yeah. yeah it governs that being the court and the shesh is the end of all things. It's been shaken, corrupted, and bent out of true. Now the underworlds do not eventually fade away in the ether as once did, and so they're actively consumed. Yep. Right, so yeah, where is that part where it says they still form? The, the middle of the second paragraph. New underworlds still form slowly at the edges of oh, Shayish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New underworlds still form slowly at the extreme edges of Shayish, gradually coalescing from the swirling realm stuff and residual grain sand as they are unconsciously shaped by the faith of the living. Okay, so that means that there are still places for these spirits to go that these civilizations believe in. Right. I mean, but, basically, right. the, the, the land of Shaiish still works like it's supposed to. When people mm-hmm. die, 
their 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 underworlds, their after afterlives still form and create. Mm-hmm. However, right. next However, paragraph, comma, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet these soon become the province of the undead, rather than restful departed. So, here's where they're making the difference between, like, the restful dead, like your the the underworld spirits, mm-hmm. and the undead. So the undead are. I think that's I, the stuff Nagash has created. That's your zombies, your skeletons, your your. Yeah. So I think it's easy to get confused between spirits, like things that are supposed to be there, right? Right. Spirits of the fallen, because the, they're just spirits. They're just hanging out. They're not evil. They're not in it. But then there's the undead, who are the resurrected spirits. They're still dead. They're just you know they're the restless dead. They're, they're the, the one. They're the ones who have yeah. been. Re refashioned by Nagash, yeah, right? Uh, or and, necromancers, things like I, that, I, right? And I think that's that's really easy to get confused. I mean, it was kind of confusing me. I was like, okay, so there's this. It makes sense, like if you think about it for a second. If you're dead, you're dead. But then your spirit is in the underworld, where so it's supposed it, to be doing what it's, it's supposed, supposed to, do. to be. But if, in my mind, it's like, are those spirits undead? No, they're they're not. There's a difference between the undead and, and those, the spirits. And those spirits of the dead aren't leaving their little afterlives. Right. They're there, just there. Perfect. They're okay. they're they're getting their eternal reward or whatever they're getting. Yeah. Whereas the undead mm-hmm. have been taken from that and now go all over the place doing all sorts right. of nonsense. Right. So that's the next bit here. It says rather than the restful departed for Nagash's force. So he takes these spirits and makes them into undead which are not they're 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 not the restful departed these are the forces of nagash that roam far and wide and the corruption of his godly power is all but impossible to escape so he he's just taking all the restful spirits and he's just taking them from yep. their underworlds wrecking it just just cuz he can cuz he sucks yes cuz he does cuz he sucks just to further his own petty wants. It's like those those souls are still down there, and technically they're still in his domain. Yep. But he he's just wants more. Yep. He wants to use them as tools instead of just being the guy who presides over the realm. He wants to use them. For his own ends. For his own ends. The crazy thing is here, though, it does mention in here, his plan, once everything is dead Mm -hmm. and he controls it all, chaos will be defeated. Yeah. Because remember, chaos, and I think he understands this, chaos feeds off the emotions and the negativity of humans more than anything else. And if he gets rid of that, Mm -hmm. if he eliminates all the emotion, all the everything, and it's just all the dead under his command, he will conquer chaos right which is his idea of order and i'm using that in air quotes because it's not (laughs) order as we talk about in order destruction death and his idea of the perfect order is to cleanse all of that under his you know i I won't say benevolent rule but under his rule and if he can do that then there won't be any yeah yeah, the the thing is he's not wrong no, but in order to do that, he has to kill everybody. Kill everybody. <laughs> right. So he's like, not wrong. So it's kind of like, here, I'll, I'll, I'll say something that's like, okay, so to 
to sort of borrow on a different image here. So you know how they've got like, let the galaxy burn, you know? Yeah. That's, it's a let the mortal realms burn. And at the end of all that, which, will be peace. Will oh, be which, peace. Which, which is it, isn't that isn't that what isn't that what they want to do? And like, which Horace like the, Heresy book was that? Was it Legion? I think there was yeah. a Horace Heresy book where that one guy met that group that was trying to figure out what's happening, and he sees the future where Horace wins. Yeah, and he feels so bad about winning that he within five hundred years he wipes out all of humanity just right. because he hates them. You know, for it. And when right. he does that, then all the remaining races are like, yeah, and then chaos had no strength because you guys can't control your emotions. So chaos mm-hmm. went away. Like, we uh-huh. defeat chaos by wiping out humanity. By, by wiping out humanity. Exactly. So that, was, that was my parallel to yeah. what the is doing. It's like, God dang. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That? That's it's, like the, it's like the epitome of British science fiction. Yeah. It's like, bananas. Like, gothic, like you're right, we like gothic horror. It's like, Victory through like, ultimate death. <laughs> it's like, jeez. <laughs> but here's the part that I like this. This is when, once he does the, uh, the, the ritual, right, which was messed mm-hmm. up by the Skaven. The right. ritual bored a hole in the heart of Shayish and caused its center to collapse entirely, becoming a magical singularity of terrible appetite. With such an incredible concentration of arcane force stolen from the edge of Shayish and then magnified at its core, the polarity of the entire realm was inverted. Nagashazar sank into the deepest pit of magic ever created. So the city of Nagashazar has sunk into the nadir. So it's like, so the, imagine the pyramid. It's an inverted pyramid. So the big flat tops on the top of it, yeah. which goes down to the pointy end at the bottom of the pyramid. And there's a big pit underneath that. So it's pointing down. And at the bottom of that, the very tip of the pyramid is Nagashazar. And that's where Nagash and all his... Yeah. Mortarks hang out. It, it now sank into the darkest pit of magic ever created, a gaping hole that yawned at the center of the realm of endings. From that point on, the underworlds that once grew strong and faded through moral belief were slowly inexorably drawn to the vast sucking abyss. Much like foam is drawn to a spout of a funnel. Uh, should it be strong, it lasts a while, maybe even centuries. Those who hope and hear, uh, and thereby allow themselves to be drawn close enough uh, are... Okay. An underworld right. so devoured becomes nothing more than black silt of deathly energy as it passes to the depths of the nadir. It is raw material for the sorceries of the great necromancer who, by creating this, has ensured he no longer need rove the limits of Shayish for dominion. All things will be drawn to him, unmade by the power of death and fashioned in a way more pleasing to his whims before being unleashed as weapons of war on the living. Right. So basically, right. So basically, Nagash just wants to sit in his throne at the tip of this pyramid and just have all the energy brought to him uh-huh. instead of him having to like get up Put and you- like walk around Shayish to all the different underworlds. Now he doesn't have to do that. The thing that's <laughs> the thing that's really truly horrible and horrifying in this, which you have to, as you're reading it, you got to realize is originally, as you as you mentioned. Once all traces of their culture, of their beliefs are gone, they fade off into oblivion. They just quietly and peacefully fade away. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a, yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You are ground to a pulp of death energy, which then Nagash takes and reworks you into weapons. Everybody who dies now is eventually crushed 
yeah. put into I'm, its essence and then reformed by him into whatever punishment. And that's the thing. The underworld's now it's 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 a hellscape, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. Well, Eventually, it depends. if you yeah, get sucked into here, right. So it says so it kind of gives you a little glimmer of hope. It says should an underworld be strong, thriving through the belief of its parent culture and the settlers that live there, it might resist the pull of the nadir for years, even centuries. So basically, if your culture is strong and vibrant and whatever, your underworld still exists and it can resist the pull of this Shaish Nadir as long through as, as long, long as all that's paper. happening though. Yes. Once they so, fade, you still are going to eventually right, wind right. up in there. Right. So it's up to these civilizations to keep their whatever, their myths alive, their beliefs alive, and to also actively fight against Nagash, which is what Teclas's point is. Yes. Like, we need to resist this and we need to eventually destroy the Shaish Nadir, I believe is probably what Teclas's grand plan in the future is. Like if the Shaish Nadir gets destroyed, all this goes back to the way it was. And Nagash still has then, to do all of his work. I don't know how you can destroy that though. I don't know if, I mean, if you can destroy that. I'm just thinking it's just it's this horrific idea that I mean, you know, we have all sorts of religions and cultures in our own world mm-hmm. and all sorts of beliefs in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And in in the mortal realms, even if you wind up in heaven, and I'm just going to use that one as the word in quotes, <laughs> yeah. eventually heaven is going to get sucked into this realm. Yeah. You are going to be ground mm-hmm. into a pulp and right. tortured eternally after that. And those yeah. who have hope and sustain and resist him longer. Mm-hmm. If I've if we've learned anything about Nagash over the last seven or eight years of reading this lore, mm-hmm. the longer you resist him, the more you irritate him, the worse yeah. he's going to torture you. Eventually, every one of these people wind up in their own personal hell, mm-hmm. thanks to Nagash. This is a really sort of terrible take on the afterlife. Yeah. What he has right. done has turned something really that is mostly quite wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, it does say in the book that if you really believe in punishment in the afterlife, you could wind up in an afterlife where you're being punished. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because if you believe that you have to be punished, you will be punished un- at least until you decide, you until you believe you've had enough. Yeah, some kind of redemption, whatever. Yeah. Right. So this also, I was thinking about, like, how does this work with, like, the chaos gods? Like, if you pledge your soul to chaos, like if you're a bloodthirsty maniac out in the wilderness of Akshi, and you devote yourself to corn, like when you die, your soul doesn't go to your tribe's original underworld. No, your soul goes to you, yeah. corn. But I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know. Your soul just goes to his realm that does whatever. Sure. And I bet you that upsets Nagash as I'm sure, well, I'm too. I'm sure that P.O.'s Nagash, right? Because like, like, that soul should be mine. So what a greedy, rotten, just rotten. He's rotten. <laughs> All right, so we are actually about halfway through the lore at this point, I think. In fact, mm-hmm. I am certain. So um, why don't we come back, and then we'll cover this uh, most of the second half. But let's take a break. It's been about an hour. Let's take a break. Cool. And uh, we'll come back with more about the realms of the dead. Nice.
always something happening at Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because if the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. We are back. Ooh. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, the map here is bananas again. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and once again, you know what I love is I look at this map and I'm looking where's the nadir in the map and the nadir's not on the map because if you mm-hmm. look at the map off on the left is the picture of the actual circular realm. Yeah. And there's the nadir in the center. And we're mm-hmm. this big map with, I mean, entire. Is it on the nadir? No, it's just to the north of it, isn't it? That's what it looks like to me. It's because, see the cutout, the little, the trap. Yeah. yeah. So we're, everything we're looking at, as far mm-hmm. as the map goes, mm-hmm. is just to the north of the nadir. In fact, on the bottom, it says, um, Tunagashizar and the Shias nadir is just south of the picture. So, Oh, you know what? I was looking at that picture, and I thought that that little, that little crescent, that little, I guess the box out, like, drawn in the little it was actually the top of the pyramid <laughs> oh no 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 that's <laughs> this is what's amazing is that's okay. the realm and we're getting that one cutout which is not even a tenth yeah. of it you know yeah, yeah and then yeah. you look and on the map when it expands that not even a tenth of it there are yeah. one two three four five six there's like ten different continents on this map mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and it's just that worlds. little piece yeah Oh. Those are all. Those are those are all underworlds of people who, yeah, have yep. their thing. Um. Mm. So the epicenter of the Nighthaunt curse is the land of Dolorum. Yeah, which, which is, is where, where, yeah, which is where Silantum is. Yeah, and um, it flourished among the empty moors and windscrapped crags of the vast expanse to the east of the mountains of Neferatia. Mm-hmm. Um. Having uh, so basically, there's just it. This is just kind of telling you where things are. Um, yeah. the, I like how Leth. I like how Leth is, is kind of like Sigmar's, just kind of one spot you know, near. It's it's his statement that like we're here. Yeah, like, you can't get rid of us that easy. Exactly. He's not mm-hmm. giving up on this. You're not going to get away with what you're doing, Nagash. Right. That in, I guess Glimms Forge is the other big one, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, basically, Dolorum became the screaming wastes. Yeah. The voices of the art people driven to man. Basically, oh look, they were doing they were doing well and they were happy on their own. And so, of course, Nagash said, "You can't do that. Like you can't even like if you're a mortal, you can't even 
go to this area. Like you'll eventually just get like you'll go insane. Yeah, you just go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not for not for mortal people to be in it's mm-hmm. yeah the realm of death and the realm of death has just become sort of awful and like even the people who live there it's like you know i'd be like uh thanks ancestors this was a smart move you took us to the <laughs> you know like what have you done yeah i just like the i don't know the the lethis thing just yeah it's so great because it's just like these people who live there they're just like yep we're here and you know what we still have Dawnbringer Crusades, and we're going to come back and take this, and it's like we're going to try. Exactly. Like it, it's just I, I I like that so much. No, it's there's there's cool stuff here. Um, so let's talk about the timeline here. The Chronicle yeah. Mortis, page sixteen yeah. for those of you following along in your book here. Um, this second paragraph under the Age of Myth is really interesting, and this talks again yeah. about. Um. As the people of the Sigmarite nation spread far and wide, Shyish becomes a popular claim for those who are not afraid of the dead. They're fertile, especially near the core, the realm's core. The seas are full of marine bounty that, although pallid and often rather tasteless, provide an endless source of nourishment. And over the course of a few short generations, the cultures of the living take hold. New kinds of liquor are brewed, plain song fills the air, and amethyst sky lanterns drift across the evening skies. They've yeah. made a place here. Yeah, it's kind of a interesting place it's kind of calm kind of quiet kind of solemn it's yeah uh yeah. it does talk about how the dead are both jealous of the living's energy and hostile to their intrusion mm-hmm. uh and then this is an interesting bit here this last bit uh they believe this is only fit for those who have earned the right to be there through death yes it's a beautiful place and you need to die to come here you're stealing from yeah. this which is interesting that the dead there feel that the living are sort of stealing from them Mm-hmm. When and then you get Nagash in there who says anybody when you know every that's his whole thing is you're stealing yeah. from me you know yeah yeah um, Sigma <sighs> does little to still these undercurrents of discontent among the nations of the dead and they fester unmarked mm-hmm. aside from the occasional malevolent haunting or baleful prophecy so yeah. there's there's a, that's an in, to me that's a really interesting bit is that these people are going there the dead which we've already said can communicate yeah. with the living. Yeah. They actually have like thoughts and feelings and emotions, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. And it's, it's this whole, and it's like, he should have like, it, it's not like we didn't know. It's not like today where you don't know. Why are you like, you watch all those ghost hunter shows. <laughs> yeah. Why are you still here? Spirits. <laughs> yeah. They're standing right there. The yeah, ghost, of, the ghost is like, dude, you don't belong here. Yeah. And Sigmar didn't Get do out. anything yeah. about it. And that's, yeah. you know, and as a person who I'm, 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 I'm pretty much team Sigmar in a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he can be ruthless and do some, he, he's, he's made mistakes, Sure. This is a huge mistake on his part. Like, they're sitting there and they're annoyed and he doesn't do anything. Like, he doesn't care Mm -hmm. that the dead don't like that his people are expanding into their realms. And that's, I I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's just because he, I don't know, maybe he's got better things to do than worry about this right now. Well, I, I mean, don't know. I, I suppose in the other realms, the actual living things are attacking the his mm-hmm. outpost. You know, in the realm of Gur, 
all of yeah. his all of his growth and stuff is is being attacked. You know, yeah. he's he's trying to build civilizations, and, right? And he's he's reuniting all the different you know deities that he's finding and doing all that stuff and yeah. getting his yeah. So uh, then it talks so about now how he he releases the gash now. <laughs> the best part about this is one of the reasons and I remember reading this before. Nagash is so galled by the fact that he had to be rescued and that he got rescued by Sigmar. (laughs) That just sticks in his craw. Like, I don't like you because you rescued me. I hate you because it's like he kind of owes him. Well, yeah. I mean, back back in the world that was as Nagash, as the great necromancer, like Sigmar made it a point to travel to his realm and destroy him oh yeah i mean sigmar beat him on more than one occasion but here in the mortal realms here he is trapped he could have left him there yeah he could have he probably should have he probably should have because it said with all the magic there the gash could never have gotten himself out of that yeah but he said he's like look we got work to do let's put our past behind us and do mm-hmm. something great. He gives him that another chance. And you know it galls Nagash to no end because he owes Sigmar. Yeah, but he doesn't see it that way. I of course, you know he does deep down, and that's why he <laughs> twists it to everything else. You yeah. know, it's because it, I remember reading in one of the books uh, before, it was just like he got that help and it just galled him that he even mm-hmm. needed help and that of all mm-hmm. people to help him, it was that guy. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it, and you know, with with the with what we know of Nagash and what we know of how petty he is, mm-hmm. you know that's eating him. You know yeah. it eats him up because that can never be undone. That's mm-hmm. never a thing that can be changed, rewritten, anything. You are stuck permanently, mm-hmm. and somebody else got him out. Nagash, who needs nobody. Who is the ultimate and the greatest needed yeah. help? You know, we we all know people like this. You we all work. There's always those people oh, yeah. we work with who would say, "Here, let me help you." No, I don't need your help. I don't need anything. I don't need anyone. I can do my own thing. Yeah, and that's him. And that galls people like that to admit they need help. Oh, I think this is beautiful so that who, he does this. So, so who's more powerful, Nagash or Sigmar? I think at the moment, well. I mean, Nagash is obviously banished right now because Teclas. I would say he's more powerful, though, because even though he's been, like, if there's, I mean, remember, he was, there was one bit of when they burned him up, that one piece of ash that was left. Yellow moat of. Came back and he, he, yeah. He got resurrected from his crown for Pete's sake. It wasn't even part of Nagash's body. It was just the spirit that lingered in the he crown. He put that some of back. his energy into the crown, much like the ring of power. He had put some of his himself into yeah. it, and he yeah. came back. Yeah. I would say... Was it Azhag, the slaughterer, who had it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Running around with that stupid thing. And didn't yeah. Sigmar wear it for a while? Uh, yes. In the God King trilogy? Yes, he wore yep. it for a while and was corrupting the yep. heck out. And that's when Nagash yep. came back to get it, and they had to fight that last time. Yeah. But uh, I think I would say Nagash is probably more powerful simply because you just can't kill him. I think mm-hmm. Sigmar could be killed mm-hmm. if he got into that battle to that point where he yeah. was beaten. Whereas, you know, if, Maybe if, if, yeah. you know, Maybe if, if Sigmar's toenail was left and that was it, Sigmar's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But if Nagash's toenail is left, we all know he's coming back. Mm-hmm. You know? 
<laughs> so I would maybe give a, him maybe if Sigmar had Galmaraz, he could defeat Nagash. Well, I mean, he's had it before. <laughs> yeah, but he, once again, you, you'd have to you have to literally erase him from you'd have to pull what the Emperor did to to Horus mm-hmm. and just yeah, erase, erase him from him existence. From existence. <laughs> <laughs> because any bit of him left, he comes back. I think that yeah. makes him the most powerful for all intents and purposes. Mm, that's interesting, yeah. I guess maybe the way to do it is to trap him again, like how he was when Sigmar found him in the first place. Yeah, pull a or pull a Kragnos on him. Just lock him <laughs> into something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I and I don't I mean I think if they were just fighting it out, Sigmar Sigmar pounds on him. Yeah. But if you can't kill the guy, yeah, and he's just going to come back years later. I mean, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That yeah. to me, that type of longevity, that type of see what annoys me at Nagash is he, he never comes back on like his own volition. He always needs help, like well, either whether from Sigmar or from Manfred or from whoever, somebody or Ark in the Black. Somebody has to help bring back Nagash. So that it's just like that's he, he has to know that yeah. and it has to and it has to annoy him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but that's why you have faithful servants, and that's mm-hmm. why you you know you you do all this. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 crazy, but it's kind of wonderful at the same time. It is. Yeah. Um, then they talk about the golden centuries, the the beautiful uh, cities of Sigmar that form in the. Well, not cities of Sigmar as we know them now, but Sigmar's mm. cities forming in the realm Age of Myth and the realm of death. Yeah. Um, I love that this is great. So his cities are built very rapidly because Nagash helps. Yeah. Nagash helps because what does he do? He sends uh, 10,000 skeletons to just work around the clock. Yeah. So what, like there's skeletons working along with... Humans. You know, humans or... I said... It, it, yeah, I would assume just maybe dwarves, whatever dwarves, and are uh-huh. helping. But there's skeletons helping them do stuff. Just doing the actual physical, lugging the stuff, bringing it because uh, because they, they can they don't tire. Mm-hmm. Of course, and here's where it's super petty, and this is where you know, like God, he's just the worst. Mm-hmm. What is he doing? Deep within the foundations of the city, he is, you know, he sends ten thousand skeletons down there to do work and only nine thousand come out because he buried a thousand down there. So yeah. later because eventually even even now, he's like, eventually I am gonna betray you all because I <laughs> have to be the number one guy. Eventually yeah. I'm gonna take all of this from you. And so he's already burying armies yeah. in the foundations of the cities. Yeah, and unbeknownst to Sigmar, apparently, he's already consuming the other underworlds. Yes. He's, he's just doing that on the sly, apparently. Yeah, one by one he encounters the death gods of them and then consumes them. Yeah. Bananas. I, I hate that part of the lore. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, God. it's terrible. <laughs> this is some of the worst. You know, you go to the realm of chaos – Mm-hmm. With the chaos gods and any horrific, horrible thing they do, I expect it. Yeah, I expect it. Nagash was a human. Mm-hmm. His evil is so beyond the, the realm of chaos. It by its nature is just horrible. Yeah, and at least if you're if you're a mortal and you're and you pray to the gods of chaos, you know 
what you're getting, getting into. into. Yeah. yeah, you know that. You come on, you know what you're getting into. But if you just like are some warrior in the plains of Gur and you, you know, have a afterlife that you believe in, you go there. That's what you expect. But then the gash comes along and kills your god, your your deity, and now you belong the to the gash. That's worst. That's terrible. He's the worst. He literally. <laughs> And that's the thing is he chose to do this. Yeah. This isn't his it's not like Korn's nature is blood for the blood god, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nurgle's nature is disease and decay. Nagash's right. nature he was a human. Mm-hmm. He chose to be this guy. And he did, this, he, did, he and he just didn't want to die. Yeah. That, he, that was his thing. So I want to rule forever. Yeah, and well and, and he wanted to rule. Remember, he was mm-hmm. pissed that he had to be the high priest. Remember, the firstborn yeah. is the high priest because that was considered the the highest, most honorable, right. most worthwhile position you could be is the leader of their religion. The second son was the king, and Nagash didn't like. Oh, wait a minute, what, I have. I to think be it's a, the other way. I think it's the other. I way. thought it was the first was that, and that the, the, the second first was. Is, the, I think it's the. Yeah, I think it's the first is the king. I don't remember. But I could I could have sworn that the first was the king and the second was, or the first was yeah. the high priest and the second was. Oh the no, king. you're right. Nagash was the firstborn son uh-huh. of King Katap of Kemri. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yep. the, the firstborn sons do don't rule. Right. They rule the religion, which is more important. Right. They are the rulers of the of the sect that guides the entire race to yeah. eternal life. The yeah, secondborn so right. son rules mm-hmm. over the first mortal life. Right. And he didn't like that. He wanted to rule over everything. And yeah. he became the worst. Mm-hmm. Because he was, re- he, was, he was made privy to all the secrets of the religion. Mm-hmm. And then he captured elves and stole their magic. And then it right. just went. But he yeah. chose so to he, uh, he unleashed his great curse, right? Which, like, which like killed everybody in Camry. Like everyone just died. Yep. And then he, yeah. Yeah, he's it's it's his story. If you go back and find, especially that old trilogy of they had that old trilogy of books where it tells mm-hmm. his story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, he's I know terrible. I keep saying it, but he chooses to be this way. Mm-hmm. And then in like I said, in death, he's locked into that. He can't grow and learn. He can't eventually be like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be this way because you're locked in who you are when you die. Mm-hmm. And even Nagash, who is the Lord of Undeath, cannot break the general rules of death. Mm-hmm. And so he is this petty, petty monster. It's it's crazy. It is. It's depressing when you read this. Mm-hmm. I lo- and I love it how like the, the the race that always foils his plans is the Skaven. <laughs> the mo another super petty race, but just the like the the weakest, the ones who die yeah. the quickest. Well, he always overlooks them. Of course, because they're just they're literal vermin. To hit, you know what I'm saying? They're just <laughs> yeah, they're they literal vermin. Yeah, beneath beneath his notice. Yeah, and Except- they always mess him up. It's like here, take this fell blade and just stab Nagash a couple times. It'll be fine. And and it did work. It, <laughs> it did crazy. work. Crazy. Of course, you can't hold the fell blade without dying yourself. But man. you know what, though, if you thought you actually had a chance to kill Nagash, a lot of people would be like, "Okay, I'm willing." You know, that's every that's every action movie you ever seen. Somebody's yeah. willing to take that that hit in order to get the job done. 
Um, <laughs> it does talk about Shadespire in here, which we mm-hmm. know we've heard the Shadespire story a lot. Yeah, it's a um, cool story. Yeah, that's a really cool bit. Um, mm-hmm. Then this is where they get to where Nagash tells Arkan the Black that he, they're going to make the Great Pyramid. This still is a bananas story. Just the concept of... yeah. I'm going to send out thousands upon thousands of skeletons. They're going to walk. And I remember. It's got to be millions of skeletons. Uh, I, I, if, I, if I remember, I think it was, I was doing this with uh, Alex. I think it was still when Alex was, was, was on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like each direction was several times around the earth. If you wanted to think about how it was, each direction uh. from, where they, from, from the center to the edge I think we said was seven or eight times around the earth, maybe more. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what we said. Like each each skeleton it could only hold one grain of sand. Sand because it, it, it's so magically powerful it would destroy them. So yeah. you're sending out tens, hundreds of thousands of skeletons, basically mm-hmm. just marching in single file in a distance like seven or eight times around the earth. Yeah. So picture just a skeleton walking at a normal skeleton pace. Yeah, they walk out there, pick up a grain of sand, and then and walk, walk back. back. <laughs> but think about how long would it take to but do they, that? They can walk. only do and they, and they can only do that once. Can they only do it once? I thought yeah. that as they went, they that because that's how the Asiak Bone Reapers got that one group. Right. Because those are the but, ones who went out there and became so toughened. I believe it was. I, I thought it was. They go out there, they get one, they come back, and then they just get stuck in a tomb somewhere and then the ones that were in that tomb they became part of Arkan's personal army oh see I thought they could go multiple times but it was just they could Mm. only carry the one grain of sand I don't maybe it doesn't actually say I don't know but I was under the impression they could only it was a one it was a one round trip and then that skeleton was done but think about this too the entire realm sand is in is all around the entire realm yeah you have a beach mm-hmm. around this realm, which we have already pointed out is ridiculously large. Yeah, it's called Gravesand in Shaish. Yeah. That's the realm stone. It's called Gravesand. But think about if, if, if the radius, if going from the center to the edge is multiple times around the earth, mm-hmm. then the circumference around this circle, think <laughs> yeah. how long they, all that realm, and he had to take enough of it Mm-hmm. Not only to build the pyramid, but to offset the balance of magic, where it was all magic on the edge and not yeah. much in the middle, to where mm-hmm. it's not much on the edge and all just the time, the effort, right. the no, it's, yeah. this. It, this I I can't think of 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 a plan of a of a thing of a that has more scope of time and scale. Yeah, it, it, does anything in the mortal realms rival this? I mean, all I can think of is that just from the we don't know how long from when Sigmar woke up in the age of myth to I suppose the age of chaos, how long that is, we don't know. But that would be a long process too. Like how long did Sigmar work on this? That's the only thing I could think of. It's kind of the yeah. same. I, I don't know, but uh, as as but I will point out that this plan starts in the age of myth. Yeah. This plan to invert and create the inverted black pyramid starts in the age of myth. Yeah, and goes through the age of chaos. And into the age of Sigmar, hundreds yeah. of years yeah. before we start fighting. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
the the length and breadth of this plan. And I mean, granted, mm-hmm. yes, Sigmar building a civilization is, mm-hmm. is longer, but that's an attempt to build and create and keep a civilization going. This is right. a this is uh, this nefarious sort of plan. And right. we've talked before how about nobody plays the long game. Right. Like Nagash, other than other than the chaos gods themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but it's this is wild. Mm-hmm. This is I guess, and, and I find it interesting that no one noticed. Well, who would the people the, the the you know only people who would notice that there was I mean there's always skeletons marching about right mm-hmm. yeah you don't know what they're doing and nobody's gonna follow them out to the the, the realm's yeah, edge because you can't right, survive can't, there you can't get there right I guess a two shayish as a realm's credit there is still residual grains grave sand on the edges because that's where the new underworlds get their sure there is power but, from right? yeah I mean he pulled enough to invert it which means more than half. Yeah. He didn't oh, pull yeah. all, but yeah. more than half. But think about that. Oh, the other thing is, how are you even going to notice? How do you know what he's doing? They're walking I... back holding a grain of sand. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, that yeah. doesn't look like and You're not going to yeah. notice that. They're just. It's not yeah. like they're holding it between their fingertips in front of them, like showing people. You just yeah. you got that one, you're holding it in your fist, and you're walking. Yeah. It's, 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 this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and plus, they only notice when it's almost done, and you're like, well, how did they not notice it's been going on this long? Because he's literally moving magic one grain of sand at a time. <laughs> Would you? Let's put it this way. If you went to the beach every yeah. day your whole life, and every yeah. day of your life you took one grain of sand from the beach, would yeah. anybody ever notice that the beach had less sand because of what you were doing? No. No. Unless you, you had an army of... A million skeletons doing it. Right, but still, if it's yeah. that size of the beach, nobody's yeah. noticing no one, it one no grain at a notice. time. Right, right. I guess this, this, this is like that notion of, you know, it's erosion, right? Anything over a massive period of time, one grain at a sign is going to be relentless. Like It's like the Colorado River right. gouging out the Grand Canyon. It's, you know, it's like that kind of idea. Yeah. You know, it's like they do that in Doctor Who a lot, you know, where they... It's one of the more annoying things with Doctor Who that I find. It's like this notion that they could just do that. You know, the Doctor can take the long way around and spend 5,000 years getting from one place to another, and no one notices. But Yeah. Uh, well, remember they did that when he was captured by the Master, and what's her name? I forget what her name was. The one she walked the Earth. Remember that? Yeah, She yeah. literally walked the entire planet spreading around the hope of the doctor right to come back that's right. that was pretty awesome of her it, it was yeah i i i uh, we can get into a doctor who discussion another time but <laughs> yes, let's let's hold on on that cuz we <laughs> do have a time limit on. on this <laughs> but yeah but i'm just saying that's that's what that's crazy what happened so then we get to the age of chaos mm-hmm. um, they actually they actually give a time limit to the age of chaos which i thought was interesting 5 centuries Oh, really? Was it only 500 years? That's interesting. I didn't notice that. It says it's the beginning of five centuries of barbarism and strife, the age of chaos. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't realize it was was only 500 years. Only 500 years. Um, I do like, as they start talking about this, uh, for every battle Nagash wins, more are lost, things are ravaged. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because I think we've kind of, we've come inured to the effect of the age of chaos like we just kind of don't think about how awful it was 
Yeah. Because now, because everything, obviously, we're in the age of Sigmar now. Right. I mean, the game starts, everything we've ever done with it starts at the age, this is all a history lesson. Right. It starts at the age of Sigmar. Right. But most, I mean, you have to still remember, like, all the most, most of all of the eight realms are still controlled by chaos. <laughs> like, 75% of the mortal realms are still controlled by chaos. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much they actually have control still. Yeah. I mean, they had all, almost all of it. So some of the background we get here during the age of chaos, this is when, um, when, uh, Nurgle starts to ruin life in Dolorum. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when Lady Olinder, Attempts yeah. to parlay for her own life, and that's now now Nagash is mad, yeah, uh, because she's rotten. Oh yeah, she's terrible. She like betrays everyone. Yeah, and she, I mean, basically, I mean, she's just cruel. Everyone around yeah. her, she, she came to power by slowly negotiating the death of everyone around her and yeah. acting like the poor grieving widow. Right. She's like got her veil on. She's like crying in public and this is so terrible. But beneath her veil, she's smiling. It's like, (laughs) that's bad. Hold on one second. I got to hold on a second here. So back to Lady Olinder. Sorry about that. Mm. I just had something distract me there. Um, Yeah, she is terrible. And. Mm. And he, Nagash does the greatest thing is basically says all that fake grief, all the grief that was going is now real and it's all centered in you. Right. And that becomes her power. She's, she is pretty ruthless. Mm -hmm. Of all of the Mortarks, I really like her. Hmm. Like, I mean, I think she, I think she's a cool, I I, I think her story's cool. Her power is cool. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of leading an army through fear and it's just a it's just a weird, you know. So does does she actually feel the grief still, or is she over it? I think so. I think she I think she actually feels it. She is cursed to dwell in grief, compelled to feel all the miseries yeah. of the mortal realms in a deep and aching soul pain she can never escape. Yeah. 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 So she's suffering too. Yeah, and and she and she hates it and she uses that power to take out on. That's what she uses to take out on all these other people. Yeah, I wonder. I like if you were to like further her story. I don't know if they would ever do that. I, I think a, the interesting story arc would be like she needs to stop this grief, feeling just grief all the time. That would just eventually. I don't care if you're a spirit or a mortar or whatever. Eventually, that would just break you. Like you couldn't possibly exist with that. But that's, that sort of fuels her hate fire to go out and do all this other stuff. I know, but, it's, I know, but eventually. It's exhausting. Would, yeah. Right. You would think that she has to like find a way to stop this or just exist, like stop existing or reverse it or whatever. So would she ever eventually like betray Nagash? You know what I mean? To I don't try think to, she can. I don't think any hmm. of them really can. Can they? I mean. I don't know. Manfred I mean, does it all the time. And does it ever work? I mean. No, but at least he tries. Like yes, he's but he's Nagash, but it's, actually it's a, to point allows where Nagash, it, right? yeah, he says it's part of his. He expects Nagash, He expects Manfred to betray him because yeah. once again, you are what you are when you die. 
Mm-hmm. Manfred can't mm-hmm. not be a betrayer anymore. Mm-hmm. Archon- like he, that's the idea of the Mortarks, right? Nagash allows them a certain degree of self-governing. Yeah. You know, they can kind of do what they want. Yeah. And he's got so, different ones for different uh, yeah. for but different think, uses, yeah. But I feel like of all the Mortarks, Lady Olinda is the most trod upon. Like, she feels grief and anguish all the time. Yeah. No, it's... Like, and it, Yeah. And she uses that. She once again, misery loves company. She uses mm-hmm. that and throws it out in, in the battles. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see her focusing that just in because she's she could, she could focus that and like try to hurt Nagash with it at some point. I don't know. I, I think it would be. I think it would be interesting. Yeah. The thing is, could you even get? It would take all. It would at the very least take all of the Mortarks turning on him. Yeah. You'd never get Archon to turn on him. No. You can't. Well, because, Archon's pushed off the edge of a cliff right now, so he—he's—we he's, don't know where he's at. <laughs> right, uh, he's yeah, but you would take all of them plus the other things, and I don't think they can work together. Yeah, it, it would be a very interesting thing if like that was a part of like the continuing story, like the Mortarks of Nagash team up to get rid of Nagash. <laughs> like, could they do it? I mean, it would just—it would be. It would be so cool to it, see something yeah, it would like be, that. It happen. would be interesting. I just, yeah, it would be an interesting thing. I just think, as far as the story goes, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're never getting rid of Nagash. He's he's a yeah. staple in this world. Mm-hmm. So I think the the chances of that happening are are nil because he's such a staple in the world. But I, I right. agree, it would be a cool, be yeah. a very cool bit of story. Yeah. Well, Let's, we never thought the world would blow up. So well, you know. that is true. <laughs> I just kept reading, going, "How are they going to get out of this?" Okay, here's it. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, and then you've got Kurdos Valentian, his story. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. another one, the preeminent schemer and manipulator, maneuvers yeah. himself from the ranks of a lesser nobleman into yeah. the royal court, puts a chain of events in motion that sees his rivals and their armies massacred and his lo- royal allies stabbed or shot to death in the night, even his older brother meeting with an assassin's knight. knife. I'm sorry, knife. Yeah, yeah. Um, King of nothing. Yeah. It's the king of, yeah, it's like the crown that ruled nothing, the king of nothing. Nagash rewards and punishments is one to enthrone him and crown him as a king, yet curse him to be forever unheard. (laughs) So he can give commands, but no one listens. Yeah. He wears a a crown over a fallen kingdom. And even, but even the spirits, (laughs) if you read the spirits that float around him are whispering to him that he's a loser. (laughs) <laughs> like that he sucks and it's like oh yeah. my gosh that's yeah. awesome yeah like even in the game he can't even be your general i don't think i don't know I don't, see, is that is that true it's possible Curtis valentian yeah he cannot rule uh, you know what i think technically no i don't think be, it says he, he can't no he it could be your he gen- yeah. i think i think that was his old rule in the old book so technically he could be your general but if I was doing, I, I would never make him my general. That's no, not. of course not. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Um, the fortress city of Gothazar yep. uh, is sacked by Archeon, and that's when, oh, that's right, they sacked yeah. Gothazar, they go uh, into the all points. That's how they get to the all points. And this is where Nagash fights with... Uh, 
Uh, this he, is the black. This, this is the battle of black skies. This is a big deal. Yeah, this is where Nagash gets weakened through the conflict. Goes to Nagash's R and gets attacked by Archeon and yeah. Nurgle. Yeah, and Archeon smokes Nagash. Yes, he does, and that's where he's got to go hide in Stigix. 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 Yeah. Stigich. Yeah. And that's where, over the coming centuries, much of Shyish is lost to chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sigmar is also defeated. By Archeon when uh, Archeon yeah, tricks when the, him. When he loses, when he loses Galmarez, yeah. Yep, and that's when he makes the Stormcast Eternals, and that's when the Age of Sigmar starts. Um, mm-hmm. Nagash kind of doesn't. Yeah, yes. this, he's been waiting for his moment, and when suddenly Sigmar pops forward with all this stuff and distracts Archeon and all of the forces of chaos, <laughs> no one's looking. Nagash pops out. Yeah, yeah, like hello. Uh, of course, he waits until then because he's the worst. So you know, it, it says right there. It says sending his legions on the offensive once more. He drives the creation of the Great Black Pyramid into its final stages. So alluding to me that during the whole Age of Chaos, this stupid pyramid is still being made. <laughs> These yeah. dumb skeletons are still walking around. They're still bringing back grains of sand. Yes, because it's just happening. Because yeah. like, Ark and the Black is doing it. Yeah, because he got he's told. The Ark- yeah, he's the architect of the great of the Black Pyramid. He was given orders by Nagash, and if nothing else, he follows orders. Yeah, he's the ultimate lackey. He is, oh. and he's good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, we get the time of tribulations before the Necroquake happens, and I love that Like literally everybody realizes this is happening, and everybody sends someone to stop it. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few times when you literally saw, I mean, and it, 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 it they kind of ruined it for themselves because you had orcs, you had goblins, you had ogres, you had uh, you had some of the Dwarden, you had elves, you had uh, uh, Sigmar's forces. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, something is wrong in Nageshazar and we have to go stop this because something bad is going to happen. Yeah, but yet, well, they figured Skaven. it out too late. And who stopped in the Skaven? <laughs> What did they do exactly? I don't quite remember. Did they just chuck a bunch of they, warp stone in it or something? No, they like that? gnaw hold into the middle of the pyramid. Yeah. And when they got in there, they, oh, that's right. They yeah, there was like a bunch of gutter runners and, and Clan Eshin guys, right? Yeah. And when the plan went into effect and the magic started running through, they were in it. Like yeah, just, right. They, they were they were just there. They, yeah. yeah, their physical presence in there. Contaminated messes, it. Yeah, contaminated it, and it's like, oh, that's so dumb, but it's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> They're so stupid, the Skaven, and they just yeah. always. But it's, I think it's, I like, think it's poetic that they are yeah. always the ones yeah. who foil the biggest plans of his. Yeah, well, he always overlooks them. He he underestimates the Skaven and just doesn't doesn't even think about them. It's kind of like it's kind of like everyone else in the mortal realms. Like Skaven don't really exist. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking about, <laughs> Skaven? There's no such thing as Skaven. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, we're getting up to the modern time stuff, so let's do this. Let's take our last break. Yep. And then we'll get to the modern time stuff uh, and 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 then wrap up the lore segments. Yeah.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Hello, we're back. We are back. So, uh, Alrak the Drowner. Alrak of Aspiria is here. What a jerk. Yeah, so this guy is another one. He's basically just a murderer, sociopath, psychopath. Yeah. Serial killer. So yeah, that's exactly what he is. Yes. So in at the west of the Great Parch, the ferryman known as Alrak of Asperia is well respected. He is one of the few who will dare to cross the Ocean of Swords and brave the wrecker-prowled coast of Vanks. Okay, and so he's trying to get people over to Vanks, which is a, be- a much better land compared to the Parch. Yeah. Okay. So he goes through these places in Asperides. Yep. Offering passage to those who can pay his price in gems or good water. Yeah, he's just drumming up customers. Yeah, I can get you over there. I'm one of the few people who get there. He's a big guy. He says he cuts a forbidding figure. He's big. He's muscular. He's like eight feet tall or something like that. He's a big guy. And he's Mm. there and he's doing his gig. And uh, he take you know t- people give him money. He they set out on the ferries. He comes back without them. Everybody there is happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so ten years later, yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, halfway there, when they're in the middle of this ocean. Oh yeah, yeah. This is what he does. Yeah, he tosses them overboard. <laughs> yeah, into the searing sulfurous seas, laughing to himself as they drown in horror and pain. That's right. Yeah. The seas are sulfurous, so they're yeah, they're. So you're- your it's skin not, sloughs off and you just die horribly. Yeah. It's not just, oh, they're drowning. You know, yeah. they're dying horribly. Because this is the mortal realms. You can't just drown. You have to drown and have your skin sloughed off, you know. And the best part is he then goes all the way to Vanks. People in yeah. Vanks don't know what's happening. They don't know he's supposed <laughs> no. to be bringing He just shows up and buys, like, produce and stuff. Yeah, brings it back. And then comes back with it, and he's like, yeah, I dropped them off, brought some stuff from there. He sells the stuff that he bought. Yeah. And because he can obviously, I mean, he obviously gets there and back. Right. So, so people yeah, so are... I don't get, so what I don't so yeah, so what I don't get about I guess I do I guess I do get about this guy is he could have just taken the people to Vanks and same difference. He could have just dropped them off and but still he bought steals stuff. all their stuff. Like he takes like they paid well, him. They, to already, go. they already paid him. True. So not only is he greedy and wants more, he just likes killing people. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> awful. He's just a serial killer. Yeah, because he totally could just take they paid him. Right. They, he could leave them there. 
Right. You could actually take them there. But instead, I'll push them off. I'll giggle while I watch them horribly die. And then I'll take the rest of their, go through their stuff, keep what I want, and toss the rest. Mm. Yeah. He's awful. So after a decade, somebody figures it out. Yeah. Um, There has to be more than one way to get to this place. So somebody like went over there to like find their aunt and she wasn't there. And they're like, what's up? I mean, no one's here. A lot of people are supposed to be here. No, nobody's here. Hmm. Yeah. Somehow somebody (laughs) figures it out and they go off and he's like I said, he's eight. You know, it takes eight men. Yeah. To to throw him over to get him, and they basically tie him up and throw him in the sea. But he drags three of them with him. Yeah. Uh, and this is far from the end of the story. For Nagash makes great Nagash makes great use of such callous souls. Of course he does. <laughs> and you bought the model. Yes, I did. Mm. And it's not that big. You put it together. Yeah, I mean it's. It's really not it's it's just a little taller than the Scriptor Mortis model. It's not mm-hmm. that big. It's mm-hmm. on a sixty mil base, but mm-hmm. it's just it's not huge. Because once again, he's not a giant monster. He's a dude on a boat. Yeah. He's literally only half the boat, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. broken up. It's just the front half yeah. of the boat. <laughs> yeah. So it's not huge. But it's it's ugh, like ugh, what a what a yucky <laughs> character for them to make. I know. It's just terrible. <laughs> so what else have we got here? Um, we talk. They talks about how Lady Olinda kills a Celestine Prime. <laughs> yeah, that's in one of the. That's in like uh, Broken Realms. One of the Broken Realms. No, that's not Broken Realms book. That's a. I forget which one it was, but that's when she basically. That's when they free Catacross. Right. That was. I definitely that's, read that's, that book. That's in, a, that's in a Malign Portance book. Um, no, it's on Malign? the website. Is well, it okay? No, yeah, it's on the website. Right? Okay. When they were really, yeah. So that she that's when she takes out the Celestine Prime to release Catacross. So yeah, and those dumb can... Fire Slayers betray. Oh yeah, everyone at the Battle of Lake Lethus. They switch sides. Like they what? hadn't gotten paid yet, and they're like, "You were supposed to pay us." And they're like, "We'll pay you later." But we, they're like, "Well, no." But here's the thing: we did what you told us. This is a new battle. Yeah. This is more. You still haven't paid us. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. we'll pay you when this is done. And they haven't negotiated a new contract. So Lady Olinder said, I'll pay you. And they said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what they do. Because they don't care about anything else except getting that Urgold. And she right. had it. Yeah. That's a good thing. And then the the uh, the knights of Bretonia rode down from the mountains to save them. So that was good. Yeah. But that's just, uh, yeah, that's typical Fire Slayer nonsense. Um. This is, and then this they talk about when Olinder and Catacross go into the All Points. Mm-hmm. That's a cool bit of story. It is cool. It is very cool. They go in there and they basically they don't just build defenses on their side of the mm-hmm. gate. They go yeah. in there and take his place and right. lock they, a fortress on that side of the realm gate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still there. Yeah, the Ark's Terminus. They build it. Catacross gets smashed. Mm-hmm. Archaon shows up and is like, oh, you're done. Yeah, getting and, a sword. Yeah, Slayer of Kings him and and <laughs> gets him set. And then Bellicor whoops Lady Olinder. Yeah. and uh, But it's still there. Mm-hmm. Catacross gets a new, a new body because they build him a new body right inside the fortress. Mm-hmm. 
And Lady Olinda goes home, and and this is when we get to the the cursed skies thing. Yeah. So now this is Broken Realms Bellacor. Yeah, and that's where Bellacor goes in there. Bellacor realizes he finds out where her body is. Yeah. Which is super dangerous for her. (laughs) Oh yeah, they have a huge battle. And he gets to the body. Right. And then, so remember, we were like we we said earlier that mortals can't be in this area. So demons apparently too are affected by this particular like salantum this continent where the undead you know all this grief it even affects the demons it's like whoa yeah it's it's crazy but mm. it's also really it's a very cool story mm-hmm. and her like dealing with him and she's like okay we have a truce until the sand runs out mm-hmm. and she got the sand and it's like the fight's going on and the sand's about to run out and she turns it over she's like okay i'll give you some more time because this is getting good <laughs> yeah that's so great um, what else do we got in here? So they kind of go through like sort of the creations of some of the processions. So like the Red Vengeance and the Great Exorcism and The Red and Vengeance get... is cool. Yeah. These guys don't come through realm gates. These undead come through blood. Yeah. That's part of giving their weird red pallor you know, mm-hmm. in the color, but they just come through where where you know Red robe guys rise up in their thousands using the shimmering pools of spilt gore as portals to translocate from Shaishian underworlds. Yeah. In an hour, they slaughter all of the blood brown before approaching the Dawnbringers in Whispering Parlay. The Crusaders head back north to Fort Dents the very next morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't want to fight you. We were mad at them. Right. Uh, what else? Um, after the Night Haunt invades Settler's Gain. The elves of Hish go forth and... Oh, that's... Okay, so this is... Yeah, this is... Broken Realms techless now. Yep. Uh, Several nations are inspired by their victories, and indeed, the new message of hope begins to spread, but the ire of Nagash is great. He's mad. They... Techless went into his place and just like, I'm going to smash your stuff. I'm going to show people that you you, you aren't all powerful. Right, so then Nagash gets PO'd, and they attack Hish, and that's when... Teclas and Nagash had the big battle on the mountain. And so it does of, mention how Teclas was losing that fight. Yeah. He was beating Teclas in the magic battle. Yeah. Because um, I, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, like each army book or battle tomb tome is <laughs> from the, <laughs> is from the uh, point of view perspe- of perspective of the, you know, but, of the, faction you're reading and so if you're in the if you're in the but in broken book, realms like, was, was going to win that battle no matter what but his allies just made it faster but broken realms Teclas, even when you read it when nagash suddenly pops in and is like oh you yeah. think you're going to stop me here like he does like that in that book Teclas got spooked he was like oh yes yeah, and he was nervous, but he also knew I just have to keep you occupied here for a while, while yeah. my while the moon spirit goes and gets all the luminarchs lined up. He's <laughs> right. really just playing a distraction game with him, mm-hmm. right? Because because then Alariel helps, and yep. then he just gets blasted with the all with that the, light uh, magic, the, yeah, all the light magic from the cities of Sigmar forces, and just yeah, then they bury him under the mountain or. Yeah, and then all the Avatar, the giant cows come up with their hammers and they just like pound <laughs> they just him. Start like, wailing on they him. just John Henry him, just like wham, <laughs> wham, wham, wham. Just until he's pulverized. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. 
Yeah, that is uh, I, that's my favorite part of the whole Broken Realms series. Just that final battle against Nagash. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's so fun, and you know, and it's that's the guy that you could do that to. Because then his little spirit flew away, so you know he's mm-hmm. not gone. But it's like, yeah, we yeah. managed to do something really incredible, right? And then uh, Alariel, uh mm-hmm. wants to get rid of the, you know, get the death magic to go back, so she's mm-hmm. going to counter it. So mm-hmm. she uh, resurrects the Oak of Ages Past and uses its magic to cre- to do the rite of life, mm-hmm. and. Um, Sent unleashes, unleashes Catacros, or not Catacros, yeah. Kragnos. Yeah. And then we've got the Whoops. whole thing, and yeah. But it Whoopsie happens do. mostly around the geomantic nexuses settled by Sigmar's Crusades of Reclamation. At yeah. those areas, the realms themselves come alive, forming strange incarnate entities entities to play, yeah. prey on so the your, Yeah, so if you listen to the last episode, that's your Kronspire incarnates right there. I wonder when we're going to see new incarnates. See, I don't know. Like, we talked about the Thondia book. Yep. Do you think they'll come out with different models for different incarnates? Because they were saying that a Kronspine incarnate could manifest in any realm. It, 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 it manifests around a certain type of place. Yeah, in, in any, any realm. realm. Yeah. But so is that the only type of incarnate? Is that the only yeah, place it happens? Because I it would be interesting to see if other types come up other places. That would, that would be super sweet. Like, imagine what the what an Axian incarnate would look like and do. You know right. what I mean? But like But it has to be a different type of place where they're where they where they're for like I and I, I don't know if they have anything planned for that. Like uh, yeah. you know, but I mean this one is scary enough in and of itself and would the different mm-hmm. one have different types of rules, different things mm-hmm. it does. I yeah. don't know. This might be sufficient. Yeah. You know? I guess uh, it depends on how many? How much resources Games Workshop's going to put into it? You know? I also think it might it it leaves it open because this one obviously is made with uh, in the realm of Gur. The the model itself it says it's made yeah. from the amber. Yeah, realm it's got stone. a chunk of it's got a chunk of amber realm stone in the middle of it. Uh huh. But mm-hmm. if it's made in a different realm, it wouldn't have amber realm stone in the middle. You of wouldn't. It. You wouldn't so, think so. So you could conceivably, if you were a person who wanted who liked to kit bash. And make yeah, your own different stuff. Incarnates. It yeah. could be the same incarnate, a Kronspire incarnate with uh, sure. different different bones, different thing, different definitely, put together. Definitely. As long as it's around the same size and on the same base. Yeah, like I wouldn't imagine an Axian incarnate would be made from bones at all. It would be made from fire, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flame with some, I mean, something to give it some sort of form. But yeah, mm-hmm. it would, there would be flame going up all around it and yeah. stuff like that. Like, you know, almost like a Kadai or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really kind of cool how how that sort of uh, you could you right. could make others like they don't necessarily have to make rules for another type. They could just leave that type and right. be like, that's what it is. Um, oh, and, and, oh, I do like how uh, now that uh, now that Kragnos is back, uh, the Night Haunt. I, I'm assuming they already had some trouble in the realm of beasts because those guys mm-hmm. basically love a good fight. Yeah. But now that Kragnos is out there, like things are not, they are far less afraid of them. They have a much tougher time. Right. They have a much tougher time running running rampant in the realm of beasts now that mm-hmm. Kragnos is back because there's yeah. a lot less fear going around. Right. Um, last one I want to talk about is... At the Battle of Andor Gulch, the mm-hmm. wounds of the Colossus. Yeah, the, against the 
the the mega gargans. Yeah. The grieving legions assault the tribe of gargans for no other reason than to show them the meaning of fear. Mm-hmm. They get them down there where she gets them. They're fighting and everything's getting smashed. Lady Olinda herself sees the mega gargan transform from a raging hulk into a scattering of black roses dispersed mm-hmm. on shrieking winds. Yeah. So uh, if you think about how the think of how the game works. Like there's no like the night hunt are the perfect foil against the sons of Behemoth. Because they're you know the unrendable saves, they can get five of ward on top of that. They can decrease the damage of attacks that are done uh-huh. to them. Like like if you you know if a mega gargant pounds you with a you know a attack that does five wounds, four up save. Boom. Okay, I don't take any yeah, damage. Yeah, it's like all of <laughs> rend, your rend three. Eh. Yeah, it's all done. <laughs> um, the tide of battle turns, and before the sun sets, dozens of titanic corpses litter the chasm. Yeah. She allows three of the lesser brutes to escape, so she kills the mega gargans, lets yeah. the regular gargans go. Yeah. Word of the carnage spreads far, and for the first time in Gur's history, the sons of Bayamot truly know what it is to fear the dead. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's cool. Um, and that's pretty much it. I wouldn't now. You know, they got the little thing where they talk about the the. <sighs> How you, yeah. the, the makeup of the armies, but that's always, it's like, that just kind of right, tells I wasn't, you. From, I, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't that interested in this part. I have a couple of things highlighted. You know, mm-hmm. they used to be very disorganized and haphazard, but now Lady Olinder and King Kurdos Valentian uh, yeah. have basically focused their power, but that's all it is. Yeah. What is cool, and the last thing we should touch on uh, before we go, are the four ever-cursed hosts. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this is part of the lore. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, they they, they have rules, but I you know I I'm just I want to I want to talk about them because there's something that's new, mm-hmm. rather than because we'll we'll cover the lore of the characters when we t- do the war segment. Yeah, uh, a legion of the, so the grieving legion was the legion of grief, which had rules before, mm-hmm. and uh, they were an expansion legion, weren't they? I think they so. Part of the yeah, they weren't part of the original. Yeah, that was an expansion. Yeah, that was definitely an expansion thing that you could take with Lady Olinder. They were a legion mm-hmm. of grief. Mm-hmm. They have been refined to the royal household of Salantum, leaving behind the lesser chattel so prevalent in the armies of their soul, bl- soul blight rivals. Mm-hmm. So they're not full of zombies and stuff. This is an- another grieving legion. Um, this is the stuff that comes in. You'll see Lady Olinder and Valentian mm-hmm. and stuff coming in with this. The, this has got a lot of that. Basically, her coming in with her royal jailers, emptying out the prisons of the dead. Yeah. But this is the this, this is, is this is this is like the chain rasps. This is like the you know that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this is that Lady Olinder style. That's basically mm-hmm. what this is. This is where you're coming in with Lady. Oh, you are causing uh, grief and terror, and this is that whole psychological warfare mm-hmm. type of thing. This is what the Grieving Legion is. Now, mm-hmm. the Emerald Host is your favorite. And yeah, I, I like this one rules wise a lot. I just don't know that I want to play all cavalry, like which mm-hmm. is kind of what the Emerald Host tends to be. Yeah, and well, my whole army's painted green, which helps. Mine is too, but the Grieving <laughs> Legion doesn't. You can still be that same sort of colors, the green with the with oh, the, with course. the cloak. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so what is this one? You want to cover what the Emerald Host? So is? this this one is mostly it's supposed to be like cavalry based. So it's supposed to be like you know premonitions of doom and hexes and curses and. They're sort of like there's like this this wave of dread and terror before they even get to you, and you know by the time they, and 
but they, they, they get on you quickly because it's all cavalry. It's hex race, dreadblade heroes, knight of shrouds on steeds, and they sort of get to you quickly, up, you know, on the bow wave of this terror. And they, you know, that's what it's that's the that's the lore behind this. None save Bellacor can claim to have escaped her hex. This is interesting, and it's it's it, it, it there is a story about this in the timeline. Mm-hmm. But once you, it's basically she shows up and you see her holding that that hourglass with the grave sand. Yeah, and she's got that green emerald glow. Once you see that, suddenly you like the color in your world starts to fade, mm-hmm. and you start to not see color. Everything starts to turn black and white, with the exception of when you see the emerald glow. And whenever you see the emerald glow, it's off in the distance because they're coming for you. Yeah, and the more that glow starts to starts to affect your world, the closer they are to getting to you. That's mm-hmm. some pretty cool stuff. That's yeah, creepy. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's very creepy. But yeah, that's her. She's coming for you. You have upset Lady Olinda to the point where she is now coming for you. Yeah, you have a limited amount of time to yep. do something about it. Uh, the Scarlet Doom. Yeah, we sort of touched on that already when we talked about. Uh, the ones coming up through the blood. Yeah, that's what these guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is to know crippling terror followed by a vortex of frenzied violence. Many of those sent screaming to Shyish by atrocity found a dire vitality in their anger and grief. They entreated Nagash for a chance for revenge, and he was only too pleased to oblige. Yeah. They don't come out of realm gates or from their mortal remains, but through the blood. Legend of their red vengeance has spread from the nomads of the Eight Points to the thuggish tribes of Gur and grows more fearful with each telling. Um, there's some pictures in here of some paint schemes, I think, for the... For the yeah. Yeah, for each of the ones, yeah. And the Scarlet Doom is basically they're just all painted all red. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look and shiny, bloody red, you know, of, instead of the the black and green that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and that one, that one seems to be in the the picture is even of a Dread Scythe Harridan. Yeah, because that's the unit that it affects. Yeah. Which once again it affects a unit, which yeah, is one unit, right? And then the picture they show in the Scarlet Doom is a Dreadscythe Heritage. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, the Blade Geist Revenants. So yeah, when they make a charge, you can. Yeah. Okay. So it's for yeah. the Blade Geist Revenants. It's not even the Heritage, uh, right? Even though that's the picture. Is the picture on page twenty-five? Yeah. Oh, okay. So why would you be the? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. But okay, mm-hmm. I, there. But that is a cool picture, though. Mm-hmm. And then the Quicksilver Dead, and they, they they have a pick they have a paint scheme in there too, which is pretty cool. They're just yeah. all shy. They they look, and th- don't they come from Shaman? Yeah, that's the idea. Magic of Shaman lies heavily with on the Quicksilver Dead. Yeah. So there's a word in here that I, that's a good one. It's a vocabulary word for all you English teachers out there. These Night Hunt is that Delaques Delaques swirling uh, under. So we're on the in the. First paragraph, middle section on page 25, it says, These night haunt deliquests spilling under doors and through keyholes. Uh, I'm Wait a minute. That's uh, a, Quicksilver Dead sliding through the air. It's so sorry. They're liquid. There? Uh, no, see. in the first paragraph? Oh, wait. Uh, Se- second, second column. Oh, okay. Second column, first paragraph. These night haunt deliquests. That's a great word. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they deli- Yeah, that that you pronounced it correctly. It's deliquest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so basically. Means, 
they, they they go like they form they look like mercury. They sort of just go from yeah. their form into like that, and then go I under the doors. I guess I guess that's what that word means. Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah that is that's a twenty five dollar word right there. They view, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's great. a great yeah. Um, yeah, that's fun. But so they can change shape, and they, because they are they're like mercury, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really cool concept. It's yeah, very it's, neat. Mm-hmm. And it says it affects like because I guess it was because the way they were originally formed was is in shame on in Elixia um, about the Selenite blades and you know each one of the Selenite blades was imbued with the, like the the blacksmith's own hair you know so they like right. these spirits like would take up one of those Selenite blades to fight and sort of a metal kind of theme oh you know what this is this is in that story this was uh the okay this i remember reading this story back in first edition this mm-hmm. is where they went to that town and they were fighting and they had a statue built for her remember the guy killed her and had her like entombed in the statue and nobody knew it mm. she had See, made all those I, yeah she, yeah, she made these, she made like all these great weapons and there was a statue mm-hmm. of her and she came out as this screaming banshee Okay. Because this, she yeah. had been wounded so badly and horribly tra- and like the this the I, I I forget which group of the of the of the uh Stormcast it was, but they basically understood what was going on with her with her pain and they worked to sort of like free her spirit and help her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. remember reading this whole story and these yeah. blades are here. Um this is it's the like, one okay. Like Thanatos like Th- Thanatos Blade Storm is like the Stormcast guy in charge of that or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting is the Quicksilver Dead show the picture of the Banshees. Mm-hmm. And the Scarlet Doom has the Dreadscythe Herodans. Yeah. The Quicksilver Dead. Yeah. No ward saves against uh, attacks from melee weapons by Dreadscythe Her- uh, Herodans. Yeah. So they actually have the picture of the Herodans over the Scarlet Doom, but the special rule for the Herodans is in the Quicksilver Dead. That's an odd decision for those pictures. I don't right. quite get it. Yeah. I mean, it looks that, cool. Because that's a Mirmorn Banshee on page 25. Yeah. Quicksilver and Death. Like, what? Yeah. That's not that. Yeah. It's not even that. I don't care so much that they decide to put her there, but to put Mm -hmm. a Herodin for the Scarlet Doom when it's a different unit that gets that special rule and to <laughs> yeah. not put it in the Quicksilver Dead when that <laughs> is the unit that gets a special rule is yeah. a little weird pick photograph choice. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I agree. So that's, that's the lore. Mm-hmm. These guys are just bringing about terror and grief mm-hmm. and despair, and that's how they win. Yeah. And and Teclas has messed with that greatly. Mm-hmm. And 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 plus ending the ne- ending the necroquake, ending the 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 that whole thing uh you know, obviously changes things up for them as well. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's kind of like a, you know, a big turning point in the story. Absolutely. The realms was the ending of the necroquake. Absolutely. Cuz so now we're kind of this is like the latest Book of Lore for the Mortal Realms, although we haven't got to the Daughters of Cain book yet, so I don't know. Well, we'll be doing that one probably next, I guess, right? I mean, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. I don't know which order the books go in. Does Daughters of Cain come before Night Hunt or vice versa? Well, did they, they come came out, out at the same time? They came so out think, the same yeah, day. So I, so. I think it's the same. I think it's, there's not a before or after on those. Okay, so I'm always interested in like what's the next section of the story because obviously the 
the Thondia book kind of brought it forward a couple more steps. You know what I mean? And, that's now we've got the, the, and the, the, the battle tomes don't seem to move the story forward. That's the thing. That's, uh, these mm-hmm. are just sort of, this is where this race is now in the story. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Thondia will be mentioned as well in, in the Daughters of Cain, Daughters of Cain yeah. book because it came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I love that in seven years, this story has moved forward and changed so much. Yeah. You know, it's it's the one big benefit. Even if I mean, I love the world that was. I love the Absolutely. old Warhammer world. It was a great yep. story, but it was always at two minutes to midnight. Yeah. I mean, how many times did they come in and we're all about to die, and then we save mm-hmm. ourselves at the last minute through mm-hmm. something, and now we're rebuilding, and then we save ourselves. Yeah. It's happened over and over and over again, which was right. why it was pretty darn shocking to read it. And they're like, okay, well, wait, um, they don't save it. Like they finally couldn't do it. You know, and yeah. now we have something new, but it's this. If if anything from Age of Sigmar is is better than Warhammer Fantasy, it's that the story can progress and change yeah. and move, and it makes it that much more interesting. It's not just right. oh look, here's a new army book, but the story hasn't right. changed. The I only agree. change Even, in the story is two new units. You know, yeah, I agree. Even if you're not a fan of the game Age of Sigmar. Which is fine if you're not a fan of the game. You can still be a fan of the Mortal Realms and the story. I literally got an email from a listener um, who was talking about something, and they said, you know, I don't actually play Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still listen to the show because I enjoy listening to the lore because it's very cool. Keeping up with what's happening is cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, I'm th-, and of course, it's like, I'm thinking about coming back. That was the whole point of the emails. I'm thinking about coming back in. Mm-hmm. You know, what maybe should I do? But mm-hmm. it, it was prefaced with, I'm listening because I like the lore. And it's <laughs> yeah. interesting to see what they're doing because it's more fun. Right. And that's the whole, I mean, honestly, I guess that's the whole point of the lore of a game is to make it interesting enough for you to want to participate in that setting in more than a way and just reading about it. Like you want to actually right play a game in there and like put your own stamp on that and by updating on it that faction by, yeah. by by adding new lore, by adding new and changing rules and new things that come from the new lore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can, you you are constantly refreshing it not only right. for the players, yeah. but uh, you know, just for the fans of the lore itself. Yeah. I, I also think it's interesting though because we have and you, we've both had listeners come up and talk to us who said. I wasn't playing, but now this part of this is cool. This new mm-hmm. thing that they told us about, this new bit of story came out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try this. Right. And usually it's, it's centered around a specific army because the lore mm-hmm. came out around this story, but this story featured this army, and this army is pretty cool, and I really like that story. And yeah. when you're constantly updating and changing your story, you're, you're bringing in n- new players, because yeah. you're finding people, oh, wait, this now now I'm interested enough to play. Right. Because Games Workshop is, they, they kind of get it, that that's how you keep people interested in your universes, is by constantly updating the story and furthering the narrative. Because that's what really sucks people in, is the narrative of a game. And that's ultimately why, I guess, the world that was, like you said before, just they just couldn't go anywhere with it, so... They made the hard decision and did what they did. Yeah, because if you look, if you look at others, and, games and before that are out people there, get mad, I don't mean to interrupt. They mm-hmm. could have done other things with it. They could they have could gone have, into absolutely, they, but they, they they had really written themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead with what you were saying. No, no, no. So I I feel like 
like Games Workshop has the the resources to do that. You know what I mean? They could yeah. just literally just cancel one of their own games and come out with something else and suck up the repercussions of that because they knew what was going to the, happen. They're not. That I don't dumb. think another company could have done that. Right, another company couldn't do that. They've right? been I around mean, it, so long and had so many players that yeah. even yeah. though it was a hot mess mm-hmm. on release, there was enough people who had invested enough time and effort that said, "I'm not quitting on this." Yeah, and yeah. and and lest anyone forget, the points rules we have now were based mm-hmm. off of fan written yeah. comp rules for tournaments, uh-huh. like. Uh-huh. You know, Games Workshop said, oh, you guys really, okay, you guys have all put this together. This is obviously what you mm-hmm. like to play. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to base what we do now on yeah. this, which was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know, think about it. It was a massive misread of their community when Age of Sigmar came out. Like, they got it all wrong. Like, <laughs> you know, they just. Well, I mean, my biggest what, beef, honestly, my biggest beef wasn't even the not having the points, which was crazy. But mm-hmm. my biggest beef was you built a game that, as we all know now, is centered around not wiping out your opponent's army like it was in fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's centered around taking objectives and fulfilling mission parameters. Yeah. And you gave us a game. And you didn't give us any mission parameters. So remember, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it wasn't until months no. later when the first campaign book came out right. that you had mission, you know, mission parameters. You had mm-hmm. objectives, and mm-hmm. suddenly those games. Yeah. Like, oh wait, this works now. This okay. This is we more need than this? just a. This is more than just a battle in the middle of the table. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what, and that I think the biggest misstep was not giving us scenarios yeah. to play. Right. In a game that's scenario-driven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because think about what happened after Age of Sigmar like, came out. Like, there was no Warhammer community, per se, when they dropped Age of Sigmar. You know what I mean? There was no website. There was no app. There was no Facebook page. There was no Twitter feed. There was no, no Twitch stream. They, they, there was they realized nothing. they needed to jump into the 21st century. And now that they yeah. have, hello, we're doing fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, oh it's you great. need the... I mean, we should actually listen to the fans and kind of do what the fans want. That's probably a good idea. It works. Like I like yeah. Like I I always wonder why like sometimes franchises or you know even just like like you know, like music bands or whatever just don't kind of just cater to their fans a little bit, especially if you're like a classic company or something like that. Why, got, why you, would why? well you gotta you run that fine line between overdoing it with fan service and keeping yeah. things new and getting in new customers. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of do that, but if you're like a, I don't know, if you're, if, I always get to try to think about like a band that's like doing like a festival tour, like, you know, you're like Megadeth, right? And you're doing the festival tour and you go out there and you're like, Hey everybody, we're going to play a bunch of new songs from our not unreleased album yet. That you've <laughs> never heard before. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Well, like, why uh, you would know, you do this? And, and, but uh, once again, that's that fine line. As long as you yeah. mix some of those new things with your classics, it's when you yes. come. It's when a band comes out and says, "We're not playing any of our old stuff anymore." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. later." <laughs> exactly. All right, yeah, I like your right. old stuff. You just pooped on my head, and I don't like yeah. that. So, <laughs> right. All right, let's yeah. wrap this up. Yep. Yep. All right, so folks. Thank you for listening. We will be back shortly with uh, the Night Haunt War. It will be out on time. We're back onto a real schedule again now that uh, graduations and things have happened and school's done. So um, 
we know these are coming fast and furious back on each other's heels, but we're going to have the next episode will be out on the 10th like it's supposed to be. And we will cover the war uh, ah. of the night haunt. Oh, so much cool stuff. All right. Uh, who do we got to thank? We definitely want to thank the, our sponsors. That includes Kazark Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognards. Uh, our Patreon sponsors. That includes our associate producers, Christopher Sanders, Jake C., our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. Thank you all for being part of the 1% who make this show and everything we do on it possible. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Yep. Chris, I know you're going out to play Warhammer, and I'm going out to the movies Ah. with the missus, so you have a wonderful day. I will talk to you a little later. And, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Oh, Sigmar!